Blog Talk Radio. Southern Sports Central, your source for all things sports, with your host, Richie Altman, Richie Altman. and Eugene Benton taking your call at 323-784-9681. Now, let's join Richie in the studio. Hey, good Wednesday afternoon. Welcome to Southern Sports Central, our final show for the week here on the now third day of March. It is a big day around the state of South Carolina because high school basketball champions are being crowned here today. I know earlier Saluda won a uh, a state championship. Eugene, I'm going to kind of give you that role to kind of uh, recap us and already what we may or may not have seen here uh, already come across the wire here is, uh, again, tip of the cap to the, the South Carolina High School League for, for getting it done, for finishing so far at this point uh, what we started in the winter sports. Uh, they've already gotten the, the basketball underway here for the state championships. They've already got the wrestling completed. They've already crowned those champions. Uh, this weekend, by the way, there is still some more wrestling. The individuals uh, will get after it. No fans in the stands. I know a lot of fans are not happy, but they're going to be doing some live streaming. Uh, so, again, take it for what it's worth. Remember why we're doing this. And, again, I get that moms and dads and grandmas and everybody involved wants to be in the stands and a lot of these things, but I can't answer the question of why they can be in basketball, why they can't be at wrestling. doesn't really kind of peer out to me uh, on that forefront. But, nevertheless, if we're here for the kids, as long as the kids are the ones getting a chance to finish their season, that's what it's about. Because I know there's already a lot of excitement in the spring sports uh, we'll get into the spring sports here on Southern Sports Central as, uh, again, today it's a very heavy, heavy dosage of high school football coaches as the coaches' corner continues to go around the state of South Carolina. The bus is going to go to a handful of places as we will start that about 6.30 with uh, Coach Thompson. He hangs out with us over there at Union High School. He'll be jumping on at 6.30. Coach Mike going to jump on from St. John's. That's over there, of course, on John's Island. How about that? The Islanders checking in here on Southern Sports Central. Going back to my stomping grounds, my alumni, Saka Steve going to be in the house here at 730. Coach Hampton going to be ready to talk about the Braves. And, again, 
what they've accomplished in his first season, a very weird season. He was one of those many coaches that got the job and then was told, you can't coach. You got to wait, and you got to wait, and you got to wait. But it was that time that they were finally able to get out on the field and, for the most part, had a very big season. Beat a lot of teams that maybe those thought wouldn't they beat. But uh, they missed the playoffs because of the two-team per region deal. I think that any other season, they're in the playoffs. Then we wrap it up on the grounds of Marble County High School. They've got a lot going on at Marble County. Got some really exciting news. As Coach Collins will be joining us here at 8 o'clock to wrap up our guest list tonight. Uh, and we'll talk about his new football field. We'll talk about a lot of things that are happening. Of course, uh, Coach Smitty, he's the athletic director and the head football coach over at C.E. Murray. He kind of put us into something. And then here we go yesterday, seeing that Florence County is starting combining schools. So he mentioned that on our show on Monday, he said that the trend will begin, and that is you'll see some of the smaller schools uniting as one. Now, we've seen this before, right? I mean, this is not something new in certain areas because in West Ashley, there were two high schools. They combined to make West Ashley High School, where Eugene went to high school. There was another school where he was at. They combined to make Collinson County High School. And some would say, well, that's a good idea. You're going to get a lot of great athletes from different areas to do different things. They're going to be really good. I hate to be the bear of bad news, Eugene, but it hasn't worked out in most of the places I've seen them combine schools, like West Ashley, who, yes, there's athletes in the hallways. Yes, there's a lot of athletes on their fields, but they still seem to be missing something. Collinson County, a whole heap and a lot of difference, as uh, they've got a lot of athletes up there in Collinson County, but for some reason cannot get that to put together in the world of sports up there, man. Uh, let's bring Eugene in. Eugene, of course, uh, pushing the butts taking your calls but uh eugene man lots of cover today we also got into some of the sats which we'll we'll touch on that here after you kind of break down this whole combining of schools that you and i are seeing that trend becoming a reality yeah and you know back when i was at walterboro before it was called in county in the uh, 80s and 90s you know coach riley really got that school pumping man um went to the state championship and lost it my senior year that would be the fall of 95 unfortunately to uh the team coming on here in just a, a few minutes, the Union Yellow Jackets. Uh, they they just had a really good team, and they had a passing attack, and they kept throwing it to two wide receivers and won 31-17. Um, but it was a, a heck of a year and heck of a run by the Bulldogs. The only loss that season was to a guy I know and you know very well, Joe Call was a quarterback at Somerville. That was the last final game of the regular season. Uh, Walterboro lost that game but then went on to the state championship, uh, going through the likes of uh, Richland Northeast and some other big-time schools. But – you know, and, and everybody said once they combined rough and you would get some of those athletes and some of the speed guys and things like that, but it just didn't work out. You know, the last time they went to a state, uh, they won a state championship and really had that magical type of atmosphere was uh, two, uh, 1998, and they won the state title by beating Hartsville, holding on on the very last play of the game. Hartsville went for a two-point conversion, didn't get it, and, uh, you know, Walter won the state championship 28-27. Um, but – you know, and I, it's hard to say because on one hand, when we made the when we're discussing the issue between the lower state and upper state, you know, we talk about the upper state having the big schools, you know, the kind of sealed off areas, uh, larger areas, large and pulling the resources, and it seems to work out. Uh, maybe maybe we'll see some of that now. I don't know. Um, the litmus test is what we have, and what we've seen is it hadn't really. Uh, converted into wins because, like you, you mentioned, West Ashley, you know, uh, the Rocks 
actually won a couple of state titles, I think. is the last team from Charleston County to win a state championship in football. And, um, you know, and I think that was in the 80s. So, uh, you know, it, it, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll be positive. And we'll say we hopefully, you know, with the pulling of the resources, maybe those guys can get, you know, bigger facilities and, and newer stuff and things like that since they want to spread the money around so much. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Um, just to update real quick, uh, congrats to the Saluda girls. Saluda girls won the 2A state basketball championship. And then 1A boys, here we are back in the upstate with a familiar team, those Southside Christian Sabres. They just won the men's basketball championship for 1A Bowl. So congrats to the Sabres. That's another state title in Greenville County. I tell you, you know, Greenville County is just loading up and collecting the, the hardware this year. Um, another tr- another thing we saw late last night that's kind of interesting uh, around is the state of Kentucky. The state of Kentucky voted in their, at least in their state Senate, uh, and it was 39 to nothing overwhelmingly uh, to allow – to come back for a senior year, much like the NCAA did for seniors on in, in, in athletics, they're going to allow, or at least right now, the vote's going for the House and the governor to approve it, to allow their high school seniors to come back mm. for another year. So that could be a weird trend. We'll see where it goes. I got word. I just got a text message, uh, a message uh, just a couple minutes ago that some other states may be also looking at doing that. So that will be a very unusual thing to have fifth-year seniors on, on, on athletic teams. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll see if uh, that goes anywhere else, and we'll pass along the news. But I tell you, it's uh, something interesting. And uh, along the same lines, like you brought up, you know, the SATs, uh, if you look at that, uh, again, it seems to trend towards the the middle and the upper state. You draw that line. Sure, there are schools in the, uh, in the below that line that did well in the SAT. But if you look at the percentage, we're talking 20% below the line in the top, you know, 50 of those SAT scores. So, you know, if you're below that line, folks, we got to get it going, man. We got to get it going better in the classroom. We got to get it going better on the field, in the weight room, in the facilities, and everything else. And just, uh, you know, because we can't just divide the state in half and and say if you're up there, you're just going to do better. Because we know we have some great ballers in the lower part of the state. We know we can uh, do it in the classroom. We've done it for years. And so, you know, I, I get it that it's a trend, and a lot of people mention, well, it trends sometimes to the upstate, it trends sometimes to the lower state and things like that, but it's been a trend that's been going towards the upstate for a while now, and it just seems like this year, if this year's the peak, okay, maybe, the, you know, the curve will shift a little bit back. If not, I mean, we're looking at some domination here because those kids, like I said, are, they're doing it in the classroom and on the field. No one can say, well, they're just putting emphasis on athletics because, as we've shown, you know, they're doing pretty daggone well in the classroom, too. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, Eugene bringing up a lot of good points now. Top 25, my, my Braves ever Sockasty. Coach Hamp will be excited to talk about that. They're number 25. Again, you know, work to do. Yeah, no no doubt there. But but when you look at how many high schools there are here in the state of South Carolina, uh, and again, that's just the public schools. We're not missing out. Excuse me. We're not, we're not leaving you out. It's just you're not on that list. That's a public school uh, piece of paper there that had the numbers on it. But, again, we want to say congratulations to Saluda and Southside Christian. How about Southside Christian? You look at their, their letters when you break it down, stands uh, SSC, kind of like Southern Sports Central. So that's something we noticed in football season. And, again, that's when we found out who is Southside Christian 
because they're a football team. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, here they go. There's something special in the water over there on that high school property as these guys are doing big things. Again, Saluda, we followed them this morning. If you're not following us on Facebook, get over there. Like that page. It's Southern Sports Central on Facebook. Uh, we do a little bit of different things on both of our Twitter and, of course, our social media on Facebook. You know, we try not to kind of mirror the two because, again, different things happen on different sites. But, you know, we did see the girls pull out and go over to the uh, to the state championship. And I thought that Saluda – and I saw this, by the way, when they won a state championship in football last year. But uh, great things happen in small towns. And, and you see this entire small town – Really come out, stand on the corners, stand there at, at the stop signs. You saw the truck drivers running by, laying on their air horns. I saw them go by a daycare. They had all the kids lined up out there waving at them. I mean, to me, that's when I say, when I say that it's a lot bigger than just a game on, on a field or on a court or a, the battle that you actually get into. It's a lot greater than that, right? And then, of course, uh, thanks to our buddies over there, Bulldog Burke and the guys over at Saluda Now, they were able to share with us. Uh, they're coming home part of it right now. You actually uh, can see some of that action over there on Southern sports central's Facebook page. And then like we mentioned on Twitter, uh, you know, we're over there hanging out on SO sports central. So lots to happen. We're going to take a quick break. We'll reset a little bit here. We'll get back into some of the conversations that of course uh, we have going forward here today. Don't forget six 30. We will actually, Eugene, we'll, we'll hang tight here because we got coach Thompson coming on at six 30. Uh, so, so let's talk a little bit more about some of the news here that's happening around yesterday. High school basketball happened, and, of course, I got a chance to watch uh, River Bluff and basketball in that first round. They came down here to Charleston, to North Charleston over at Fort, and a very impressive group of guys who I thought shared the ball around, threw that rock around the, uh, the perimeter very well, able to get inside. They're, they're a lot bigger, and it's, and it's not shocking to me because, again, when you see what you saw in the football season, you thought, okay, well, these guys got some dogs. They got some athletes over here. They came in down here and handled business against a very good, very well-coached up team out of Fort Dorchester and shut down some of their big guys and, and, and closed the gap on a lot of other things that needed to be done. And where I thought that this team was really good at, watching them in the first half, free throws. Didn't miss not one. Not one. Didn't miss their very first free throw until the third period. Didn't miss their first three-pointer until the third period. I mean, these cats were draining them like it was just free all day long. I mean, between the free throws and the three-pointers. And it was a 20-point spread in the first period, and it never looked back. And then, of course, you know, you see them go on and beat Carolina Forest. Then you see them uh, last night in a a shocker, a nail-biter, if you will, uh, as they played a team in their own region in Dutch Fork. Now, no surprise that Dutch Fork's playing basketball. These cats also do some big things. That's on the Columbia team that's really getting after it. And, uh, again, fouls were given there towards the end. I mean, you fouled a guy with, uh, you know, not many points, not many seconds left. He was shooting a a three-pointer. He got three free shots. I think only made one of them and uh, ended up being a a, a huge River Bluff win. So, they'll actually go on to play Dorman, right? Dorman is a team that last year everybody talked highly of. Here they come back in this year and beat many teams – and, and continue to do big things. So I think that game is going to be probably a game that we all want to keep our eye on. But, Eugene, there was a lot of games yesterday that were happening, and I know you were following yesterday. I was in meetings yesterday because we're getting ready to announce a pretty big move here on Southern Sports Central that I think you guys are going to enjoy watching, if you know what I mean, coming up here real soon. But yesterday, a lot of basketball as they were getting us down to the final two in each of the, re- or each of the classifications. 
Yeah, and that Dorman game was very, very close. That came down to a final shot, man. Uh, Three-pointer to end up winning the game for Dorman. And then, like you mentioned, the River Bluff game, it was tied up with uh, about, uh, I think, 25 seconds left. Um, young man from, um, from, from River Bluff makes a couple of free throws there. They go up by a couple of points. They, they get tied up again. Uh, they hit the shot. They're up by three. Five seconds left, you, like you said, you know, Dutch Sports bringing the ball up. They fouled the man, give him three free throws that would essentially tie the game. He misses the first two, makes the second one, and uh, they hold on for the victory. So, congrats to River Bluff. You know, I mean, it, it's been a good year for those guys, too. You know, that, that region itself between football and basketball has been super tight. You know, the football, obviously, Dutch Sport wins the state title in football representing that region. And then, you know, both of those guys playing in the final four, uh, sending one to the state championship in River Bluff. So great job, Coach Blair, uh, is the athletic director and head football coach. We hope to have him on soon. We've uh, kind of tried to reach out a little bit. I know he's been, been busy, you know, as the athletic director. He's definitely following uh, the, the basketball through the state playoffs and got his, you know, he's kind of the, looks to be the social media guy. So he's there the one tweeting out all the scores and letting all the fans know what's going on that can't make it in. So but that game was actually played at Lexington, so neither team had far to go, um, you know, down the street to a, a, a region rival, I guess. But, um, you know, right. we had the Lexington coast on Monday night. But, uh, you know, that's pretty cool. And then, like I said, I tell you, if it, if that if the inclination or, or if it actually just follows what really happened in, in both of those games last night, uh, that, that state championship game between Dorman and River Bluff, looks to be a, a knockdown, drag-out kind of a – you know, both teams seem like they kind of score in that 50s to 60s range, play good defense, hit some threes when necessary, you know, hit some free throws when they need to, and uh, that game could come down to a free throw battle. Uh, who, who's on? Who can handle the pressure? Uh, and so we'll definitely be, you know, watching that game because both teams battle through some very tough playoffs to make it where they are, and uh, we'll definitely track that one. Um, when they took that game off. But, um, you know, we had some state championships, um, individual and some lower – or I should say lower state and upper state. A uh, good friend of mine, uh, Miss Healy, she teaches science over at um, uh, School of the Arts here uh, right next door to Academic Magnet. She's been a good friend of mine for many, many years and taught at Lang Middle School and some other things. And she taught my kids. Her son uh, – uh, I can't think of his first name, his last name. I think it's Josh Healy. Uh, finished second in the state in individual wrestling, so congrats to him. I talked to her this afternoon and uh, missed her on Tuesday, and I was I told her I said, "Oh well, now I figured out where you were." <laughs> I said the young man was competing. You were you were at the wrestling match, and she said, "I sure was." Very proud of him. The young man did really well. I know that stuff. He's representing academic magnet. Anytime those kids can handle the rigors of that academics and go and excel like that in the sport. Uh, congratulations to him uh, finishing second in the state in his uh, his weight class in wrestling and way to represent the Raptors at Academic Magnet. Yeah, that's 100% sure there because, again, these young men are women as well, getting after it here in wrestling, kind of wrapping up some of them their senior season. And, and to talk a little bit about what Eugene mentioned here, I, I, I'm not into it. I, I don't. I understand why Kentucky, I guess the state and the legislation there, thinking what they're thinking. But to me, I, yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one though because I, I lean, I lean both ways, and I guess I need to give that some thought because you and I talked about this yesterday off the air, and that is what we're talking about, guys. Is that Kentucky, the state, is basically like you're seeing in college, you know, allowing these kids to come back, you know, <laughs> come back to high school for their 
fifth year, quote unquote. Now, what classes they would take, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, what what obligations, what criteria, what, what all those things are in, in in place for them to have to come back for that fifth year. Now, I've got to be honest with you. You know, uh, here in the state of South Carolina, you know, I, I think at a certain age you can't come back. I think if you're 20 years old, I, I don't think you can play high school sports. Uh, well, so, you know, we need to, I wonder that. We need to pose. We need to pose that question either to the commissioner or someone in the know because I had heard if you turned 19 prior to the first game you couldn't play, it might be 20. So we'll definitely have to get someone in the know to look that up for us. Okay. Yeah, it's it's definitely 20 because I can tell you even in the days when I played, there were 19 year old you know seniors kids. They were held back the the red shirt if you will that they took in fourth grade or fifth grade or or whatever it was eighth grade so they can get a little bigger. Uh, and most of those young cats were about 19 years old. Now, they weren't 20. I don't know any 20-year-olds that played high school sports, you know, in my day. But I do know a handful of young guys that were about, you know, like I told you, about that age there that they were getting after it. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, yeah, they utilized the opportunity, if you will, to, uh, to better themselves and uh, have a chance to uh, compete at the next level. The other conversation we want to talk about is let's give some shout-outs to some ladies over at USC Sakahatchee. Now, here's a number. Eugene found this out yesterday. He's becoming quite the little statistician here on Southern Sports Central. And, man, the numbers of these young ladies. Eugene, mind-boggling yet shocking, and I don't care what anybody says. If you can do this, wow, very impressive. Man, let's talk about the young ladies over there at USC Sakahatchee, which is a community college over in the Walterboro area of, uh, of the world here in the state of South Carolina. Yeah, you know, they've known, been known for the years for having a, a good baseball team. They're a JUCO team. Uh, they play JUCO teams in South Carolina, North Carolina, and I think Georgia. Uh, but going back to the ladies, so they've had the last four games, they have averaged 126 points per game. Now they're winning some of them 126 to 30-something, 120 to 130 to 70. But for any male or female, we don't even see scores like 120-something points in the NBA. It's very rare to get 120 points in the NBA. And uh, so that's – when I saw that, I said, Richie, you guys let – me, let me do some research. So, you know, we, we pulled up all the last four games to, to make sure the math was right. And sure enough, man, you know, they, they've only had one game at home. You know, three of those were on the road uh, around, you know, Fayetteville and, and middle parts of North Carolina and stuff like that. But, geez, to score 120-something, I mean, that clock operator, you know, it's just – like one of those pinball games where it's just ding, 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 ding on the scoreboard. I tell you, that, that's always a fun game. It's similar to the Gamecocks last night scoring all those runs in baseball, you know, and you saw those little memes out there with the old cartoon with the pitcher throwing the ball and the assembly line just rounding the bases. It seemed like that with the basketball scores, uh, 126 points over a 60, you know, 40 or 48-minute game. I tell you, that's a lot of shots. That's a lot of you know, uh, and I looked at the roster. They have uh, a lot of very large, very fit athletes on that team, man. They're they're just dominating. And, you know, for anybody, that's kind of what, you know, that's what you hope to have. You hope to have good defense. Obviously, they have to play good defense because some of the teams are scoring 30 against them. Uh, but to beat any team by 90, by 70, and by 50 points, geez, I tell you, it makes you feel a lot better in the film room uh, when you're watching those games. And hopefully, you know, those ladies can keep it rolling. Yeah, and you wonder why you know there's so many um, there there's so many people that criticize coaches 
that, that, that scored that many points. And, and they asked the question, you know, when is too many points, too many points? And, and you've seen coaches get suspended. Heck, I've seen coaches getting fired in other states, not in South Carolina, and, and more so in the high school level. A lot of times you'll see this kind of stuff happening in Texas where these guys are just getting mile marker numbers. I mean, I'm talking beating a team 80 to like three. And then the coach is either suspended, which I saw the report. I couldn't find it while you were uh, talking about the uh, the headline there. But there's a coach around the, the, the country somewhere. I want to say he's a basketball coach. And he put up like some massive numbers. It was like 78-2 or something. And I think they suspended him for like five games or some crazy number. And, you know, I understand I understand how somebody would say, well, that's that's kind of crazy. But I'm on the other side going, you know, in football for sure – what, what are you going to do? You can't stop running. Matter of fact, I've watched, I've been a part of a call where I've seen coaches bring in the four string, and this is the only time the four string could possibly see an action, you know, on that night, and they run a regular play, and they couldn't stop them. You know, so to me, I get it if we're talking seven, eight-year-olds, maybe nine and 10, 11-year-olds, but you start getting into that 13, 14 you know, to me, Eugene, there is a definitely a gray area there. But in high school and in college, it, it just baffles me we're still getting butthurt over, over somebody scoring that many points. It's like, look, at the end of the day, yeah. you at some point have to stop. That's your job. My job is to score. Your job is to stop me. You didn't do a good job. That's pretty obvious. Well, it goes back to a couple of years ago, I believe it was in football, and I want to say it's the state of New York. They have a cap on how many points you can win by. And uh, from what I remember was the football team was up by just that right amount of points. The other team had the ball, and it was either a rival or something. And the other team basically took a knee and didn't score, and therefore they ended up winning by that whatever that threshold number was. And the coach got suspended for the next game just because they scored whatever that number was. Uh, uh, you know, be them by however many points. And, you know, when you start looking at that, man, it just – that ruins the game. It ruins it for the kids, too. I mean, who tells a kid to lay down? Now, I can right. understand if you're up by 70 points and you put in your backups and stuff like that. But just like Spurrier said, when he was playing Kentucky that year and, and beat the tar out of Kentucky at South Carolina, you know, he said, look, man, they always tell me don't you can't throw the ball. He said, look, I got my third-string quarterback. I got a dude off the bench coming in, throwing passes, and he's like, you know, at some point they got to stop us. You know, I can't tell this young man who never gets the opportunity to throw a pass in the game, you know, our third stringer, he finally gets a chance to play. He wants to play. Let him throw the ball. He doesn't need to run the ball. We don't have to just hand the ball off and run the clock out. Let them stop. they got to stop us. That's their job. That's on the defensive coordinator. I remember that game very well. I believe that was the very first game that – um. Oh gosh, what's his name? The quarterback from Georgia that took over and beat Kentucky fifty-three to three or whatever it was back in yeah. two thousand eleven. And right. you know that was where he gave the speech afterward. It made a lot of sense. At first, you're kind of like, well, you kind of beat the tar out of him, and you are kind of running up the score. But then, like you know, once he once he explained it, he said, look, that was our second and third string because um, you know the starter was already out. Uh, Garcia was already doing something else at that time, and uh, you know so he did have the third stringer in, and he just said, look, man, hey, stop him. You got a defensive coordinator. They still had the chance to play their starters. Their starters are just as good as anybody else's for the most part. If they can't stop our third string quarterback, that's on them. So yeah, I, and, I, and I've been part good. of. I've been a part of both sides coaching high school ball. I've been part of a lot of beatdowns. You know where we were beating teams. You know seventy to nothing. 
I've been a part of those games. But also it was part of a game, too, from Savannah Christian three years ago where, I, you know, after the game I texted Chad when we got home, texted Coach Greer, and I said, man, you know, they beat the tar out of us. We couldn't do anything in that game. And I said, man, it felt like I was in a boxing match with my hands tied behind my back, and I just kept seeing a left and a right coming at my face, and you couldn't do anything about it. But you know what? We didn't give up. And they didn't, you know, not go shake the coach's hand after the game because, you know what, that they had a kid named Moon and somebody else. One went to the University of Miami, one went to the Air Force Academy, and they were just good players. They just right. beat us. And it happens. So I've been part of both sides. I've been, like I said, part of a lopsided beatdown uh, on, on taking the loss and, and handing one out. And, you know, it, it's more fun to win, I'll give you that. But that, that loss still stings. I mean, like I tell Coach Smitty, that game against Coach Smitty where we started out and Oceanside was up 19 to nothing. And then after that, Coach Smitty just turned on the Darius Rush dog and uh, Oceanside didn't score another point at past the first quarter. And those guys just beat the tar out of us. And there was nothing you could do to stop them. Nothing in that yep. game. Coach Smitty had them rolling and he did his job coaching his kids to come from behind win. And they didn't let off the gas. And you don't want the players to let off the gas. I mean, if you're in a wrestling match and you're up a few points, you're up a good amount of points, you don't let off the gas, you finish the match. That's yep. my estimate. We're going to take a break, break, buddy. We're going to go against the clock here. We'll be right back, guys. The bus is pulling up to Union High School. That's, uh, of course, uh, Union County over there with the head football coach. Coming up next, we're checking in with Coach Thompson right out of this, guys. Don't go anywhere. Been a hell of a ride, but I'm thinking it's time to grow. Man, I'm up to something. Booty la thank you all for coming. I hope you like the show, cause it's on a budget. So, Woody la yeah, come on, here we go, yeah, come on. Here we go.
bringing the coach in and style here on a beautiful Wednesday here across the state of South Carolina. We want to welcome in all the way from, uh, well, Union County football's very own head football coach, Brian Thompson. Coach, bringing you with Stone Cold here on a Wednesday afternoon. Welcome to the show. Heck yeah, brother, man. That's a good one to come out to. I just I hope that's just my own uh, walk-up music right there. Hey, man, I got you covered. Eugene gets some love on that one, too. He said, man, that's his dude. That is his guy. If you pay attention to his social media, you see that's definitely uh, – you're a big fan of Stone Cold, man. How cool would it be to get a guy like that to come talk to your players? Heck, to talk to your coaches before a game, right? Oh, heck yeah. No doubt about it. I don't know <laughs> if uh, we'd end up getting anything done, but uh, – yeah, enjoy enjoy seeing some of his stuff post career and uh, just a just a pretty awesome situation we got with him, man. No doubt about it. Now, coach, uh, let, let's get to an opportunity. And, and again, this is the first of many of not only having you on our show, but having uh, your entire family. And I appreciate the doors opening and you coming on the show here tonight because we want to talk to you and your coaches and your football players going into twenty one. You know, we want to get to know each and every one of you. But it starts with you. You're the head coach. You get to call the shots and surround yourself with great coaches, bring on these great players. But tonight I want to find out where did you grow up? Where did you play some ball? And, of course, what landed you over there on the campus uh, at Union High School? Yeah, well, I'm a, you know, I'm from uh, West Columbia, uh, South Carolina. I, I uh, went to high school at Brooklyn Casey, so I'm an old Bearcat and uh, played my high school ball down there and been a uh, been bouncing around a little bit over the years as an assistant coach and and uh, spent some time up, cut my teeth in North Carolina, uh, had a few stops up there, and then was finally able to get back closer to home once we started a family. And um, when I was in the Midlands for about 12 and a half years at a few different, few different schools and, uh, you know, got to go back and coach at BC and Got to coach with Coach Knotts over there at Dutch Fort for a few years, and um, my last stop was at River Bluff High School. And then I finally, I was blessed enough to uh, to land my first head coaching job right here in Union County. So uh, really excited uh, a couple of years ago to get this opportunity, and you know this this school and this community has really been uh, very inviting and accepting to our family. And we, we've kind of entrenched ourselves here and, you know, made made it a home for ourselves. So, um, you know, getting ready to uh, wrap up year three here and uh, head into year four. And, and we're really excited and still feel just as blessed to be here as we were back in 18. We're blessed to have you with us as we're live right now on the campus over there, of course, at Union High School with the boys getting it done here with their head football coach, Brian Thompson, over in Union, South Carolina. The bus has made a little bit of a road trip here tonight. Always excited to get around the great state of South Carolina with our great five-star football coaches. Now, Coach, you mentioned you coached in North Carolina. Let's talk a little bit about that because you grew up here in this great state of South Carolina, played football. I'm sure you were around in the Sweet 16 era and things like that. So you've seen one side, but then you go to North Carolina. So many coaches retire in North Carolina, come down to South Carolina. But, you know, here you go up there, open the door, get the opportunity, then you bring it down here with you to now lead you to where you've been now, what, three years, heading to your fourth year over at Union. But what is it right. at North Carolina that's different from South Carolina in football on Friday nights? Is there any difference there? Well, I think, you know, it's been a while since uh, since I was in North Carolina. And I started up on the, the northeastern side um, near the coast uh, in Elizabeth City. Um, so I started up there, and then I kind of moved my way 
over to uh, Cleveland County, you know, right outside of right outside of Charlotte there. And I spent a few years at Kings Mountain. But uh, in that county in particular, you know, there, there are some pockets of really, really good football uh, in North Carolina and some really good talent and uh, really good coaches. And, and, you know, it's just I think as, as when a lot of coaches cross the border, they, you know, I think as a whole, I think, you know, the, the, the pay might be a little bit better across the board. Um, so you got guys like, like Tommy Knotts who, who spent all that, had that storied career at Independence and up there in the Charlotte area and decided to retire and double dip down here and got a pretty good gig where he's at. And he's been doing some pretty fair things. Um, but no, man, I, I've got nothing but respect for the guys up there. One of my best friends in life is the head coach up at Shelby High School and uh, Mike Wilbanks, and they just – they just seems like every year they're just putting another ring on the finger. But I don't know. I think it's, you know, you get down here to South Carolina and, and um, I think as a whole, I don't know, it just, it just means a little bit more, you know, I, I just not, not to take anything away from anybody else, but, mm. but uh, you know, you get down to South Carolina and especially up here in the upstate to where it's a little bit more, I say a level playing field, but the competitive atmosphere of the the quality of programs we have here in the upstate of South Carolina, I think is unmatched. Um, but you do have some tremendous areas of football in the Tar Heel State as well. Now, of course, the Tar Heel State's just starting up their engines as they're starting to play football. I believe they played last week for the first time in the rain, most of them, but they could care less. They would have played in about any weather, as long as they got a chance to play some football. As we're live right now with the head football coach over at Union County, Coach Thompson, hanging out with us tonight. Now, Coach, you, you mentioned uh, working with a guy that, that you, uh, you you mentioned him twice now over at Dutch Fork. We've had him on the show. I've watched him knock out multiple teams here in the Low Country. He's kind of the Low Country killer. Uh, here of late when it comes to football on Friday nights. And uh, what was it like to, to work under a guy like him? And, and how much do you or have you had the chance to kind of reach out to him on a tough night and then you go on a Saturday and say, hey, Coach, just, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, TK and I have had a pretty good relationship. And, um, you know, we still we still uh, talk, to, talk to each other a little bit, bounce you know, get some ideas. I'll call him up and ask him some questions uh, from an offensive standpoint some, and we'll talk about, you know, we just – he was in the market for a defense coordinator here recently. So, we had – he had uh, reached out to me, and we talked a little bit about um, some guys and that sort of thing. But, yeah, lo- coaching for, for Coach Knotts, you know, I coached with him for three years, one year as an offensive line coach, and then two years a coordinator. And – uh we were fortunate in uh, those two years to go to the uh, state championship game. We won one, our first one in 13. And, and uh, you know, there might not be a better just pure coach in the business in the country. Um, you know, he, he's a guy that just – he's ultra intense. Uh, you know, he's hard on you. He, he has very high expectations. He's not afraid to challenge you. Uh, he'll get after your tail, whether you're a player or coach, it doesn't matter, I think, because, you know, you get a guy that's wired the way he's wired, man, and it's it's not it's not about winning. It's about perfection. And, um, you know, if if you're doing what you can and, and you're staying on your game and you're working as hard as you possibly can for that goal of perfection, you have a little bit of talent in there, the wins will come. Obviously they have, but, you know, Coach Knott's a pretty intense dude, man. He uh, – 
we, we like I said, we have a good relationship, but there are times where you're like, man, let's just go ahead and get this thing done with. Let's win the state championship, get the year over with. <laughs> but, uh, he, uh, he he just has that high that high high uh, competitive edge. You know, you think about some of the greats out there, the great athletes were just you know the Michael Jordans of the world and stuff like that were so right. crazy competitive. The Nick Saban is who comes to mind from the college. You know, that's that's Coach Knotts, man. It's it's uh. You know, he was. We won the championship in thirteen against Sumter, and um, we. Uh, I think it was it was fifty six to fourteen. Uh, defense, we we played lights out, man. We we only had twenty nine snaps. We gave up fifteen total yards of offense. They wow. scored on an interception return and a kickoff return. And he was ticked off because we had to kick a couple of field goals in the game. <laughs> so, that sounds like that's, okay, that's yeah. kind of the way he's wired, man. So, but no, I, I was fortunate to work with with, uh, with TK, man. He taught me a lot, and um, he's always willing to to help out if I have any questions or anything like that. And you know, I ask him every year, man. Hey, when you gonna hang it up? He said, I, you know, I don't know. He said, I'm. Pretty much my own boss. He said, I might just walk out after next year. I might go another five. So, um, I think as long as they're still playing at a high level, he'll still be uh, – he's addicted to it. So, he, he'll he'll still keep rolling. Uh, they're rolling for sure, Coach. And, again, and, and you know, and it's, it's interesting because I always tell everybody, yes, he is a huge part of that program, but it's guys like you. It's guys that have come through that program that he's ended up putting in other places, the tree – of course, of uh, the branches of, of Dutchport now, of course, lends all the way out to Union County, where, of course, uh, the head football coach, Brian Thompson, joins us here tonight over there on the Southern Sports Central bus virtually. Uh, coach, you've been in the Midlands right there, of course, uh, at a place that plays some great sports. Baseball, by the way, Brooklyn Casey plays great baseball, football. I think everything over there is, is very impressive in my days in the 90s for playing against you guys. But you've seen the difference between the Midlands, the low country and even the 864, and Eugene and I talk about this all the time, it just seems like there's so much difference between the three area codes, between 864, where you're at now, the 803, where you grew yeah. up, and down here, of course, in the 843, where I'm at in the low country. Man, why is there such a difference? And, and, and I hate to say this, but in, in the athletes, because it seems like you almost it's, – it's just a different feel in different regions. Why is it? I don't, you know, it, it, it's kind of hard to put your finger on. I think there's a lot of variables you got to look at. You know, you, you get up here close, closer into the upstate and stuff. Maybe it's a little bit more heavier population density, you know, that sort of thing. But I don't know. I think it, there's a mentality. Um, obviously, you start getting into the uh, Cherokee, the Spartanburg counties, the Greenville counties and stuff, and you've got all these these schools with these um you know these rich traditions and stuff but they're they're so geographically close and they just produce such great natural rivalries you know and for for whatever reason over the years they've just been so dominant now obviously you know past five six years seven years or so you, you it's essentially been you know dutch fort coming out of the lower state and someone else take their turn to try to knock them off the top of the hill in the upper state but you know, I, I've never coached down in the uh, eight four three, but but um, I, you know, it's just it's kind of hard to put your finger on. I just know that being from the Midlands and then coming up here, you know, closer to the Upstate, it, it's just it really is a sense of pride. It's a, it's really uh, important to these communities. Um, mm. A lot of folks don't have uh, you know like the the rich traditions necessarily in some of the 
you know, the spring sports and that sort of thing, like you get around in the Lexington area or, you know, the Richland area, that sort of thing. So it's really kind of putting your eggs in that football basket and, and people, man, that's, that's where it's at for these guys. So I think it's, it's just a, a pride thing. I think it's a geographical thing and, and, you know, comes down to just, you know, these pockets of, of tighter populations that can produce the type of talent they do. Judge, I, and I agree with everything you said there, but, you know, we, we keep a track of the last 10 years of trophies, and they seem to really stick on that 864 cupboard a lot more than they do in the eight oh well, in the 843, and then a little bit more than the 803, because the 803 still, of course, with Dutch Fork and a few other teams still doing some things. And it's not that we don't have the players down here, but it, I always ask that question here of late with all of you coaches that come on because of guys like you that's been in multiple states, multiple schools under multiple coaches, and now – going into your fourth year as a uh, as a head coach here, you know, it, it's a big deal that, that I appreciate your honesty here, Coach. Uh, the other thing that I'd like to talk to you a little bit about, the athletes, like the ones that you have over there at Union County. You know, the kids haven't changed it. And, and Frank Martin said that, the head basketball coach at the University of South Carolina said, but the parents and the coaches have changed a bit. And one thing that came across, you know, my feet a couple of weeks ago was Joe Madden, the baseball coach uh, in the major league, said, if I'm honest with you, you might not like me for a day or two, but if I lie to you, you'll hate me forever. You know, that's something that all yeah. of our coaches growing up were like. Coach, talk to us about your mentality with these young kids. you got social media to deal with now. you got so many different variables that we didn't have to go against when we played this game. You know, man, I don't, you probably agree with me. I'm, I'm glad this stuff wasn't around in the early 90s. Yep. You know what I'm saying? 100%. I mean, um, but – it's there's so many other distractions and and I agree both with, with those with those both of those quotes wholeheartedly. I think that it seems to be we're we're in a situation where the instant gratification is there, and I like to think that coming from you know you know my generation X or whatever and looking back. But I think you know like with Coach Martin said, you know kids don't know anything about anything. And I think it's still true, and I think it's just kind of the natural progression of things. As one generation gets older, they start noticing some things about the younger generation that, you know, I don't know if we were quite as, you know, as uh, hardcore as we thought we were in our minds back in the day. You know, those you start reliving some of those, those football stories, and they start sounding like fish stories. You know, instead of a 23-yard field goal, it turns into a 56-yard field goal in the snow. And um, so sometimes that memory tends to embellish a little bit. But I think with our kids, one, one thing we're blessed here at Union County, man, is is uh, our kids love being at the school. You know, we're, we're kind of a semi-rural situation. We're blessed to have some uh, some some good genetics here and some some talented kids here. We're not not real blessed right now with size, but we're pretty fast. But our kids love being here. You know, they don't have a bunch of outside you know, distractions really, and they like to come in here. And the other thing is our guys are really, really competitive. So one of the things that, that uh, you know, we, we've had to deal with sometimes is we, we really have an issue with our guys playing hard. We just have to make sure they understand that it's different than playing good. So, I mean, you know, they can play hard without playing good, but um, so our job as coaches is to try to get them to do both at the same time. You know, with that being said, you know, I, I think this generational thing sometimes is, is overblown. Um, our kids nowadays, you know, back in the late 80s, early 90s, we didn't work near as hard as we work these kids now as far as summer's concerned and getting out there on the field and the time that's put in in the off season. 
you know, I think you've got to be careful to understand that, you know, we as coaches, man, this, this is a big part of our life. Um, sometimes it's bigger than it should be, but it's not always as big to the kids as it is to us. And we have a tendency to sometimes take that a little personal. Um, so I think perspective is huge when it comes to coaching. It's perspective on life, perspective on the uh, the experience and the, the youth of, of what some of our kids are having to deal with outside of the context of them being with us in the schoolhouse. So I think all those things kind of wrapped in is, is, is some things some things that we need to kind of account for as we progress through this um you know, this thing called football and trying to get our kids to be the best they can be on the field. Hanging out with the head coach over there at Union County, the high school in Union, South Carolina. Coach Brian Thompson with us tonight talking about the perception and, and, and the reality of many things. And we're getting into that right now, Coach, with your guys. And I want to hear about some of your big guys that maybe were, were balling out this year in this very unusual year that, that, of course, you guys being the coaches had to really – really get outside the box to stay in touch with these kids to make sure they stayed in shape so that when you got them, they didn't have to get in shape. Kind of talk a little bit about that season and then the excitement that you must have felt when you saw that the board went 16-0 and voting that we were going to have spring ball for the fall sports coming up here in the next couple of months. Yeah, that was, uh, that was kind of a, you know, a sigh of relief. You know, I, I was really happy for the kids and, you know, the – Losing it last year, and then you know the opportunity to come back and let's say let's let's try to do the best we can and push through it this year and and get these kids as much experience as we can because it was so inconsistent. The last year was so inconsistent across the board. I think that I I personally wouldn't want to be in a position to make the, some of the decisions that were made. Um, so I understand it. it felt like whatever decision you make is the wrong one. And you're always kind of looking over your shoulder and second guessing yourself. But, you know, with that being said, you know, the year was so, it was so crazy and so inconsistent from a competitive standpoint that, uh, you know, I'm just glad it's over. I, I hate, uh, hate it for our seniors. Cause we had a, we had a small group of seniors. We had some really, really solid kids and uh, some really good, football players in that group I wish wish they could have had a full season but but um you know if anything kind of our motto this year was don't take it for granted you know you step out on the field any given day don't take it for granted because you felt like you're always looking over your shoulder you felt like someone was hunting you down you know all year just waiting for someone to come in and say hey we 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 pop positive again we're going to shut you guys down and you know you never know statewide there's always that kind of question of are they going to shut down the whole thing and and that sort of thing so you just got to try to live in the moment I think and hopefully that's something we can take and move forward from and learn from anything positive comes out of this is the fact that man we're only promised today you know at the end of the day that's that's the only thing we got tomorrow's gone or I'm sorry yesterday's gone tomorrow we don't know about all we got is today so let's not take it for granted and um you know, just ask those guys from spring sports uh, last year, you know, those seniors that, that didn't get to step on the field. So, man, we're, we're super happy, and we're, we're, we're very, very fortunate to have something to plan for, you know, that, right. that, that feels like there's a carrot out there we can actually get. There's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. We're in here busting our tails in the weight room and doing some workouts and planning spring ball. It's there. It's there. We just hope and pray that uh, – 
you know, nothing changes between now and then because the biggest thing in life is hope, brother. Hey, no doubt about that. We hope that them opening up the, the, the towns around us, all of us here, you know, saw the governor this week let down some of the guards, right? I mean, you can doesn't just because you can doesn't mean you do it, right? I mean, I get that the that right. some of the clubs, if you will, are open up till two o'clock. Well, that's great, but you survive with not going out till two o'clock. So you know, let's that's if right. nothing else, let's do it for the generation coming out because these kids, again, a lot of these athletes thrive and drive on athletics, getting them out of their communities and giving them the opportunities that that they wouldn't have had it not be for football, baseball, basketball, track and field, and those type of scholarships to get them to the next level, Coach. And for guys like you that are finding a way, that no is not an answer. It's just another way you're going to have to find another yes. And with that being said, you know what the, the rumors going out there, at least it's on the table. I think they tabled it on the last board meeting is, do they start football later like they did when you and I played in the 90s after Labor Day? Did that work for us? Or do we go back to the old ways? And then your thoughts on the two playoff uh, teams in the region? Uh, I'm sure you're going to go with a little bit bigger, but – what are your thoughts going forward if you have a vote? And I'm sure you will. What's your vote as far as we look at next year? And do we start later? Do we expand the playoffs to what it used to be? Or do we keep it the way it was this year? Well, I think, you know, the, the start date to me isn't as important as, you know, being able to get a full season and having a full playoff. And, you know, I think you can look at it from a competitive standpoint, you know, obviously, if you take the top two out of each region, you know, there's there's some argument there that, well, you know, those are the ones that are really going to have a shot, which the, the problem with that argument is sometimes the, uh, the talent level or the skill level of one football team uh, region to region to another might be a little bit different. Where you have one region that might be, you know, not quite as good as, another region, kind of like, you know, the SAC versus the SEC maybe, you know, or, or, or something of that nature, because now we're a number three region or number number four in our region might be able to beat a number two or a number one fairly handedly. So, you know, how do you how do you rectify that? How do you justify that? So I think if, if you're going to do that, if you're going to limit it to two schools, if you're going to basically cut the playoff in half, then I think then you you need to start looking at restructuring and how you qualify for the playoffs. That's just my personal opinion, um, and that means in my mind getting away from a region model. But having said that, I don't want to see that at all. I want to see four teams in because what that does is it gives the most kids the most opportunity to to play, and that's what it's about. It's not about uh, at the end of the day we can say to ourselves the whole time it's all about being the best and it's all about you know puffing our chest out and and all that that's that's important I think it's what we all strive to do is to get that championship and to compete in the big house for a ring and to ring that bell but at the end of the day man we're in here this is about kids this is about opportunities for kids to play and um, to make memories and, and to you know develop some things you know one of the biggest things about having spring ball for us at Union County is this is going to sound kind of, I don't know if I'm trying not to make it sound harsh, but I've got, it helps give me leverage. It helps give me some accountability for my kids to do what they're supposed to do in the classroom. You know, and it helps that, you know, they're under the roof, even though we're masking up and socially distanced, we're eyes on, man. We're, we're able to interact with these kids and love on them face to face. And the fact that we have something like, 
athletics and football in, in particular that's so important to a lot of these young men, man, that's a way we can kind of say, listen, you know, to do this, you need to do this, this, and this. And, you know, we really try to use, you know, develop some life lessons through that and some accountability through that, you know. So one thing I can do to help motivate a kid is 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 to uh, challenge his playing time or challenge his, his position. Just like as a parent, I can take the phone away from my own kid or take the car keys away from my daughter if I need to. That's kind of where we're at. So it's all about the kids. I said all that to say it's all about these kids. It's not about some competitive, you know, just drive – or anything like that, it's about giving these kids opportunities and letting them experience high school football, high school playoff football in South Carolina because there's nothing like it, man. There's nothing like it. I totally agree with the coach, and I love the breakdown. As uh, you, you did exactly what I needed you to do and break it down from the multiple angles, and that's why I love having all of you coaches in here. We've been so blessed to have so many of your colleagues on this show here in the last shoot, just this last three weeks alone. I mean, the names that have come across this airwaves along with yourself and the history that you bring to this show and, of course, uh, another feather in our cap. So not only having you on, but now we're on the campus over there at Union County. So for me, you know, we're really excited for you guys. Tell us uh, kind of quickly, the last thing I'll keep you here tonight before we send you back to the family is what do we look forward to you guys coming up uh, in, in 21? How many seniors, how many, how many kids returning? What do we look forward to in an early forecast? Yeah, we've got a uh, we've got a good group. This is a kind of a special group because we came into Union County High School together. You know, these guys came in as freshmen when I my first year as a head coach. So they're kind of special to me. Um, you know, we've, we've like I said earlier, if, if you're scouting us, you're, you're not going to be impressed by our uh, our mass or physical size. But you know, one thing we're going to be we're, we're fortunate here at Union County is we've got some kids that can run, and um, we've got some kids that are tough and competitive. So I think, you know, we get out there and, and uh, get after it a little bit. I think we've got a chance to have a pretty decent season. It's it's going to be, you know, it's going to be tough, man. I mean, we're going to have to coach really hard and coach really well and, and execute and play really well because nothing's going to be given to us. We're not, we're not good enough that we can go out and just overlook anybody because we've got a pretty tough non-region schedule and, and I think we have one of the toughest region schedules in the state. So we've, we've got some really, really good football teams that that are um, all competing for the same thing but you know senior wise we're probably sitting at about I think 17 or 18 seniors coming back this year Um, you know we've got you know quite a few starters we only lost 13 seniors last year Um, you know but we've got some kids that are going to have to help us on both sides of the football but but uh, we're looking forward to seeing you know what they can do they're certainly putting the work in I can promise you that right now those guys are are really doing a great job of, of working in the off season and, and getting after it, motivating each other. So that's something we've been real pleased about from a, a culture standpoint. So, um, but yeah, man, we're just, uh, we're excited to get some pads on in the spring and, and hopefully we got a couple of newcomers and see what they can do. If they can help us on Friday night and, and try to keep, try to keep this thing rolling in the right direction. No doubt, Coach. You're doing it the right way, and I've got a lot of respect for you again, Coach Thompson. Anytime, and I mean anytime, you guys need to get a voice out to the uh, to the listeners. We'd love to be that platform for you. The next time, I'm going to encourage you to bring a couple of your players with you. I just wanted you to get to know me and Eugene, of course, here on Southern Sports Central. We cover and smother the state uh, when it comes to high school football, high school sports in general. Of course, uh, 
always appreciative to be allowed to be in your circle over there at Union County. So, Coach, thanks again for tonight, and I look forward to doing this again real soon. No, yes, sir, man. I, I really appreciate what you guys do, man. You advocating for these young people in high school sports. It's that's where it's at, man. We're we're blessed to be a part of it. Well, we're gonna take a trip, man. As soon as they uh, say we can, we will. We will come over to the campus. I want to see what you guys got going on over there, because uh, just your history alone and, and your passion on the radio tonight's got me ready uh, to go play some football. So, uh, good luck in the preseason, and we look forward to talking to you soon, yep. Coach. Hey, real quick, Real quick, Coach, this is Eugene. There's one thing uh, when we come up to visit Union County I don't want to see. I don't want to see that 1995 state championship. <laughs> just, just cover up well, that banner. Just cover up that banner because I don't want to see it. Well, look here now. I've got a job i got to look after, so uh, you know, you're just going to have to probably look the other way. That, but I that, tell you that what, one hurts. That, that, you that got, one still hurts, man. I bet. I bet. I mean, you got these. Uh, you got these folks around here. That's that's one good thing about this place. They love, they love their high school and their high school athletics. And uh, I don't think what more could you ask for being a coach in a place that you know expects to win and has high expectations. But I'm gonna tell you what, man, Coach uh, Coach Dula, Coach Anthony from back in the day, they sure made this job a lot harder than it should be. You know what I mean? They said, yeah, well, I tell you. There. That, that that state championship ring I hear is much nicer than those little silver medals that we got in that game. That's all I want to say. <laughs> I understand. I've been there, brother. <laughs> Take care, big guy. All right, now. All right, Coach. God bless you. Thank your wife and kids and everybody for letting us hang out with you tonight. Thanks again. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, guys, there you go. The bus is on the way back to the low country. And guess where the next stop is? Oh, we're heading to the island. A little island music playing in the background there because we will be checking in with the Islanders and their head football coach, Coach Mike Howard. He'll be checking in as we're anchoring down with the Islanders from St. John's right out of the top of the hour break. Don't go anywhere. Another coach is on the bus. Southern Sports Central, your source for all things sports, with your host, Richie Altman, Richie Altman. and Eugene Benton taking your call at 323-784-9681. Now, let's join Richie in the studio.
Welcome back to Southern Sports Central. I'm Rich Yelman alongside Eugene Benton. Follow us on Facebook, Southern Sports Central. We're out on the world of Twitter at SO Sports Central and doing it over there, of course, on the Gram, Southern Sports Central. And now we're anchoring down on John's Island with the Islanders head football coach, Mike. Coach Mike, welcome yeah. to Southern Sports Central, my brother. What's up? Ah, uh, you smell. La, 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 la. <laughs> oh, man. He brought me back with that one, man. I love it. I yes, yes. I love it. <laughs> Brother, it's, hey, look, here's the thing about you coaches, man. It looks like you dudes can still get after it, man. These kids ought to be intimidated oh. by you <laughs> as much as anything. I met you for the first time the other day, about about three weeks ago over the factory, and you had, by the way, mm-hmm. keep feeding them what you're feeding them, dude, because you got some big dogs in the trenches <laughs> hey, over there, my man. Ain't nobody stopping don't, that don't running game. with me, man. I'm telling you that. <laughs> I'm 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 a little bit intimidated myself sometimes looking around, man. How big these kids are! They just grow like that now, man. So, you know, I'm gonna keep on feeding them what we feed them, and uh, we we gonna try to get them a little bit bigger once season starts, so we can come out the right way. Hey, you know the deal, and I, and I had this conversation with somebody earlier as I was getting ready here in the studio, and I said, look, you know the answer to this because when you and I were growing up, nobody was built like these kids are built now. And I'm talking Starbucks. Mm-hmm. I'm talking Chick Fil A. Whatever's in those two places, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's in the water. <laughs> Plus, you know they they don't get an off season. And to their credit, man, these kids get a chance to do everything all year round. And uh, it, it it gets to a point sometimes, you know, they they might be burned out a little bit on just sports and being athletes if that's not the full, you know, understanding that they want to be. So you know, they they create themselves at this point. They they got trainers. They go out and they go to camps, and that's all off-season stuff. So, kudos to all these guys that go out and, you know, do the real work and give the real evidence in the off-season, man. So, uh, that's what we were trying to do. When we, when we got together out there at the factory, like, that was the first time we got everybody together since we got, you know, shut down through, the, through uh, mm-hmm. off-season workouts and everything. So, that was the first time we got a chance to put the kids somewhere together with their teammates and go out and really train and talk football stuff. And it's big because Coach Jackson, by the way, one of the big guys, of course, uh, from uh, an elite group up there in the upstate, he and I have had a chance to work together. Of course, we promoted that when they had another one this past weekend. And, and there's more to come. Mm-hmm. That's the cool part about this. There's just more to come. There's so many great – and I keep telling you guys, man, there's so many great coaches. Not that we don't like Coach Jackson or, or some of the guys from the EPT group up there, but we got some pretty elite five-star coaches down here that could be doing the same <laughs> thing. I mean, you know – I my thing is, and let me ask you this, Coach, because we're going to get in to get to know you because I think you've got some history at Charleston Southern, and, of course, you've been doing mm-hmm. your thing over there on that island for a little while, so we'll talk about you in just a second. But why is it Why is it that our coaches don't seem – I mean, again, I, I know offensive line coaches out here who have guys in, in the league. I'm talking the NFL. I ain't talking college and Joey Steele. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he easily could be out here doing the same thing on a Friday and a Saturday yeah, and a Sunday. Absolutely. And, and, and so absolutely. do we have the wide receivers. You've got, by the way, I mean, heck, you know, you could bring a couple of dudes that come back. One guy that's playing for the Atlanta Falcons right now that played over there uh, just years ago that played, I think, at Newberry and then went off to the NFL. But there's guys right. here Edmund. that can do yeah. things here. Yeah, Big Edmund. And, and so, for me, we got to do something, Coach, because I'm tired of us getting knocked out in the first and second round. It, it, it's, it's not good enough to be just good enough to get in the playoffs to me anymore. Oh, man, brother, you're preaching to the choir, I promise. Um, and that's one of the big things, man. Like the the coach that went off before me, man, I got some big shoes to fill over here just to fill the team like Coach Biggerstaff did back in the day. And we got comparable players to everybody, I mean, in every state. But 
we have to be able to get these kids to understand what the process looks like to be to be a champion. Like that, that takes a whole lot more dedication than coming and showing up in August and, you know, doing a couple seven-on-sevens in the summertime. We got to put the weight room work in. We got to get these kids out of the community, get community behind us, and keep the kids that's supposed to be on the island on the island and really put the heart back into what we call football over here because there's been some good football played over here. Like we've lost mm-hmm. a couple years in a row, first round, and, and it looked kind of different than it should have. But, you know, it, it's not because of lack of talent. It's lack of, you know, just a commitment. Is, and the, the way you got to do football is a little bit different now too. So you say some of these coaches don't go out and try to do what Coach Jackson does. Like the way you have to coach, if you're full-time in high school, like you don't lend yourself a lot to you going out and creating camps and doing stuff for other people. you got to train your own guys, and you try to keep them in-house as much as possible. Like that's a big thing with me. you got to be a confident person to really trust your kids with other people these days because there's so many options for them to go to different places that, you know, might look real attractive as as opposed to staying home and representing the home cooking, so to speak. And that's a big deal on the island, man. We got so much community support and the way this family feels over here. Everybody that's from the island that's been around the island knows exactly what Johns Island represents when they show up on Friday nights. And, you know, it, it's, there's a family feeling about it. I got, I got two sets of brothers that are going to start on my offensive line and I got two sets of, like, brothers who just graduated. And, you know, there's so much family. We got cousins all the way down the line on the team. And there's such a feeling behind it that it, it hurts to see that we don't compare sometimes with the upstate. But this opportunity with, like, Coach Jackson and the different people that's working at the factory, the things that we're going to be doing with different camps this year, uh, the right. things that we're going to be bringing to the low country just to teach the fundamentals of the sport and the new things that we're doing, uh, that, that's going to be something that's really big to create a buzz and really create that situation where everybody's getting the same training as those guys when they come down from Dutch Fork and they come down from places uh, that are they seem to be a little bit of different speed than we are. And I think we're going right. to catch up a whole lot this year. And I'm really confident my guys going to work hard and it's going to look a little bit different when the playoffs show up this time. Looking on the campus, you see that Southern Sports Central bus there in the parking lot, virtually hanging out with Coach Mike Howard. He is the head football coach over there at St. John's, the Islanders, anchoring down here tonight on Southern Sports Central for the first of many conversations. I got a chance again to meet this awesome, amazing man and coach a couple weeks ago over at the factory. And uh, you, you, you mentioned it real quick, Coach. Well, let's talk about some of your players real quick. I met two twins, or, or a set of twins, if you will. My <laughs> yeah. goodness gracious. They're sophomores, number one. That's impressive. <laughs> They're amazingly yeah. huge, number two, but they are well, they, they, they listen. They're trainable. Right, they do what Coach mm-hmm. Jackson asked them to do, and they hold each other accountable. But I saw a lot of your guys, a lot of your Islanders. I don't want to call you guys dogs because you're Islanders. I saw a lot of Islanders, yeah. but I saw the back of your shirt. Tell me about the theme because every school, every coach brings in their own mission shirt. You know, their own swag on the back of that shirt. Tell me about the back mm-hmm. of that shirt, what it said, and what does it mean for those who are listening tonight. Well, some of the shirts that you saw were from previous years, and the things that we've been uh, preaching over here are a little bit different. Uh, What we preach is the idea of being great, and that's going out and giving real evidence all the time. And that was part of our motto, getting getting those guys together and going over there, to put some real work in and show that we really do go out and get that that, that little bitty thing done, go out and get the fundamentals correct. And, like, anchor down, and that – symbolizes everything you would think of with a family. If things go into an adverse direction, 
the first thing you think, we got to hunker down together and we got to make sure that our family members are good. And that's what we're teaching them to fight together as one. And the whole uh, uh, premise of why we brought those guys up to the factory as a group of big guys was just to create that atmosphere. So, you know, it, it's been a long time since we got a chance to even, you know, get guys in the same room as a, as opposed to, as, let alone doing some football stuff. So, you know, you met Deshaun and DeLon. Those are my twin uh, offensive defensive linemen, and they both have, you know, the size potential to go anywhere they want to. It's teaching them the fundamentals and really creating a sense of competition, not just with them two, but when, when we're going to get somebody that you don't know, somebody that's got a different color jersey on, creating that competition where we push each other to go past that wall and, you know, stand on the other side together and be successful in what we're trying to do. And I can't teach size, Rich. I can't. Mm-hmm. I cannot teach them to be as big <laughs> as they are. And I, I, I can't teach them how to put their hand on the ground. And that was an ego thing for me, too, working with Coach Jackson. I'm a D-line guy to the heart. I played that at CSU, man. And he does some of the most fundamental stuff that, you know, I've seen. And it's like the same – it's like a brotherhood anyway. So, you know, really creating some buzz from him and, and giving him some uh, some accolades with along with us. I, I would love to have that happen later on in the season when we look back and say how good this offensive line, defensive line playing. No doubt about it. We're hanging out right now on the island over there. Of course, St. John's, the Islanders on board here tonight on the bus, anchoring down with us here on Southern Sports Central with their head football coach, Coach Mike Howard. Now, Coach, let's go backwards a little bit here. You mentioned being a big defensive lineman, Charleston Southern. Boy, you've seen that place. I mean, it's almost we talk about the kids drinking stuff (laughs) at Starbucks and Chick-fil-A. There must be one of those each on that campus because it's a little bit different than it was when you played. But tell us who you are. Where did you come from, high school ball to college ball, and what landed you on the campus at St. John's? Well, life landed me here. Life landed me in South Carolina. I I met my wife when I was in the military, so I'm an Army guy. Uh, I graduated from the Army in uh, 2000 pretty much, or 1998, and uh, I came over. I saw Charleston Southern as an opportunity to leave the military as a veteran, go and play some football, and really follow my dream. And that's been it for me my whole life, man. I've been football crazy. And when I got out there, I met Coach Dowd, and I met him in a crazy way, man. Like, I met him through the Internet back then in 1998, 99. <laughs> the uh, dollar. It, it was a crazy <laughs> meeting. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. It was a dollar with a blank page. There was no nothing on Charles Southern page except CSU, and I had to kind of scroll across and highlight everything to read the football page to get the number to call Coach Dow. I came over and walked on, earned a partial, and I was out there for four years through Coach Dow and um, and Coach Mills. That's where I played at. I came back and coached for a little while out there also. But I can't skip uh, where I came from completely. I came from uh, a small town in Homer. Louisiana, uh, uh, really, really small town, less than 2,000 people as a population. But uh, like I said, the military ended me up over here, and um, I, I've been here ever since. Uh, once I got done with Charleston Southern in 2004, I um, started teaching and coaching, and, you know, the, the football bug just bit me. And I, I started my career coaching over at Stahl high school here in North Charleston. And, um, you know, I, I met some great guys over there, coached some awesome athletic kids over there at Stahl. And it, like I said, once the coaching bug bit me, I found out that it was a whole lot more to the game that I had played, the game that I loved, the game that I, you know, really had a great feeling about. It was a whole lot more to it than I knew. So I had to go and uh, do some research. So I went to college, 
I went and coached at uh, Fairleigh Dickinson University up in New Jersey, Madison, New Jersey. And uh, it, it was uh, a learning experience, to say the least. I got there and I found out something rich. I found out I didn't even know how to draw a play up, man. I'm working with a guy who he went to school for football. Like, he graduated, and all he was thinking about being was a football coach. And he really taught me a whole lot, man. I spent a lot of sleepless nights. Not a lot of wins, but a whole lot of life lessons and, you know, lessons in the sport. And it gave me a certain confidence that I knew that I could motivate people to play this sport because I, I, I stay motivated about it. And you can't be around me and not be motivated about it. So I, I took that little bit of knowledge and came back, coached at Charleston Southern, uh, went back to stall again after Coach Mills retired and um, ended up bouncing over to Northwood Academy after stall for the second time. And um, when I got to Northwood Academy, it was such a family feel, man. I kind of landed there at a great time for myself, my wife, my kids. And uh, I was there for about four years. And uh, once I got settled, so to speak, you know, God stepped in and, and told me, you know what, it's time for you to move again, big guy. So things <laughs> kind of shook up there. And I ended up right back where I started, man. I went back to Stahl. I was at Stahl wow. last year. And it was for a season under uh, Coach Joe Bessinger, who's one of the guys that was at Stahl for the previous time I was there. And uh, it was one of the most eye-opening and uh, life-lesson-teaching years of my life. And it changed me into kind of, you know, a person who can believe in the things that I say and the things that I do. And I know that know the reason that uh, God put me in this position. Um, I, I, I applied for St. John's a couple times, and I, I got to – a certain point into the interview process and it just wasn't for me at that point in time. But this time, uh, the administration that was there with some people that I could really communicate with. I knew some people that were in the community who really wanted, you know, change in this position. And I, I really had a feeling about the place when I came through every single time, because I looked at those kids and I saw them as mine already. And I came when, on the interview process. When I talked to them, I really talked to them because I felt like they were mine already. And uh, when they granted me the opportunity to be head coach at St. John's High School back uh, March 31st, 2020, it was awesome, even though, you know, we, was, we were in a pandemic. And uh, it, yeah. it, it wasn't until May I really got to talk to the guys and, uh, you know, get, get to round my team up and, you know, tell them who I am. But awesome these kids are, man. Like, they were reaching out to me via text, email, calling me on their own, you know, kind of introducing themselves to me, you know, congratulating me, you know, telling me that, you know, we remember you from working the camp at, here at school before. It, I mean, we've got such great kids that it makes you do whatever you can to make sure that they're going to find a path to success. And uh, it's it just been an awesome trip these last almost 12 months now, man. It's been great since uh, we started everything. We didn't win as much as we wanted to last year, but I think we, we learned some lessons. And I definitely know I've grown a tremendous amount in, in 12 months. And so that's kind of where we are right now, Rich. And I tell you what, we have learned a lot in about five minutes about this coach. He came all the way from Homer, Louisiana, fighting gators, <laughs> eating Homer, crawfish. Spell it right. Spell it right. H-O-M-E-R. Yes, sir. Homer. <laughs> eating crawfish, chasing gators, yeah, doing big things in Louisiana. Man, let me, let me ask you this before I ask what is football like on Friday nights in Louisiana for a guy that played high school football in Louisiana? Is it, is it, is it bigger here? Is it bigger there? I mean, you know, what, what is the difference in Louisiana on Friday nights? Cause I've seen 
a, a lot of things, and we've I got think, a big connection out there. I think if you cross a Goose Creek Somerville game with a Fort D and Dutch Fort playoff game, you will get close to the passion that you get <laughs> in Homer, Louisiana. For football on Friday night, <laughs> I love yeah, it. Small two eighteen, and guess what, Rich? They they made it to the um, the state semifinals last year, and almost made it back to the Superdome since nineteen eighty five for the first time, man. And I just want to like if if it happens, it happened. I hope my mama's listening. Let Coach Casey know that I was watching. If they made it to the dome, I was coming down. Pandemic or not, I was coming, coming to the home. dome to see them. But it, 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 it's great. We're the Homer Fighting Pelicans, and I'm proud to say that, man. <laughs> You don't hear a lot of teams named the Pelicans, but they we fight our tail off, and uh, it, it it it's just good to see them have some success. And it, it, yeah, it, it's humongous. They shut everything down on Friday night. No doubt, everybody's at the game. Y'all got Pelicans in Louisiana? Yeah, I mean, besides your football State team, bird, man, State Birds. State <laughs> birds. <laughs> yeah, now you're on John's Island. The State Birds and mosquitoes, right? It's, yeah, it's, the big it's a, it's a little different. Kate <laughs> Williams and the mosquitoes of the state birds. Great. Oh, man. <laughs> I love it. We're yeah. hanging out here with Coach Mike Corsa, uh, Coach Mike Howard. He played his college days, Charleston Southern. He's coached all around, not just in high school, some college. He did it all the way in Homer, Louisiana, where he played. Here he is in Charleston, South Carolina, doing it big with the Islanders over there on John's Island, anchoring down. You talked about Coach Joe Bessinger. He was our coach of the year two years ago, and you were part mm-hmm. of that staff, man. You guys almost. You were the only team that was as close as you were to beating, you mentioned, Fort Dorchester. You guys should have, could have, would have. You had a chance to beat Fort Dorchester. What happened? We had to lead at halftime, man, and our kids forgot that Fort Dorchester was over there. <laughs> they forgot. <laughs> they forgot. Hey, we, I, I promise we sat down at halftime. We could see them sitting in the locker room. It was like everybody thought, okay, they're not coming back out. And, uh, of course, they came back out. But we had some awesome kids, man. Like I'm telling you, Rich, that place has such great athleticism. I don't know if you know who uh, Corey Spates is. Yeah. He was the quarterback of that team, and that kid is phenomenal. And there's another kid who's the wide receiver, James. Um, James over at Goose Creek now. But, um, like, he's got some phenomenal athletes that could match up with Fort D. And they believe. Like, they, they know those kids. So they play really hard for the staff. They definitely play really hard for Joe. And, and it's it just one of them things you, you got – they got so so many horses over there, man. Like you let one just bust loose, and here come the floodgates, you know. But um, it, it really is, is all. It was awesome. It was awesome feeling to be leading at halftime, and I wish you know we had a lightning delay or something. But it, it yeah. was awesome. I, I forgot <laughs> yeah, to mention too, man. I, I made a stop in Coffeeville, Kansas, and I coached oh, wow. out there for a season. And man, that's a JUCO that you know I didn't know the name of it before I went, but I'll never that's real. forget it. Because that, oh, that yeah, was that, a yeah. bunch of that was a bunch of kids that were assembled that we could have rivaled the NFL team, man. And more, like there's four or five of them in the NFL right now. That I mean, one of them he didn't even play on. Like we had to cut him. Yeah, that's how good the guys were on the team. Wow, it was just you know a hotbed of, of talent. I didn't I didn't realize how good JUCO football is. But if if you're looking for some talent, man, and some stories, like some of the guys that coach in JUCO, man, you got to go get. With some of those guys, man, they they got. Yeah, it ain't guys just for the Wizard of Oz in Kansas, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah. Man, Mandy McQuaid was out there. Yeah. Hello. Ringing out right now with the head coach, Coach Mike 
Howard, all the way from Johns Island. We're down here in the Low Country. It's one of our own, of course. Uh, he is an Islander. He's coaching the Islanders over there at a great facility, great possibility of doing some great things. And of course, they're practicing, doing the things they need to do in the off season. When I say that, their accountability is in check. That means they're doing it themselves. Yeah. But yet, here's the coach watching them from afar, making sure that it's being done. Now, coach. You, you mentioned your junior college. You mentioned some of the other college experience. You played football in college. That holds a huge, huge factor for these young kids who, quite frankly, with the dead period now pushed back to May 31st. Thank God the creek don't rise, and the good Lord willing, we're going to see some spring ball coming up here soon. How big is it for you to have spring ball? You were one of 19, if not 21, new coaches in the low country alone that took up a new job in the year 2020 right before the pandemic and all of you guys were told congratulations but you can't coach until further notice how big is this yeah. off season for you guys it's go it's, it's it's tremendously big like it's it's so big that you know i i've been contemplating giving them the game plan right now and if we can't do it letting them try to do it on their own man <laughs> but it's, it, we have to lay the foundation we haven't had a chance to really sit down and teach these kids on the field we took time in the off season to let them watch film of the last season, and we did actually did some clinic work with, with the quarterbacks and a couple of the other skill guys just to kind of teach them a little bit more about the game and how to, you know, read the grass and go just play football, you know what I'm saying? So the, the thing for us is getting those kids out, giving them a foundation to work from, from offensive principles, the thing we're trying to do with whatever we're going to be running on offense and really getting the guys on the other side of the ball to understand their job and know how to explain to the next guy up so they can really show some ownership in the defense. We had guys that could really run around and fly around last year that, you know, we make mistakes and they make up for it with athleticism and it cost us a couple of times. But, you know, if they really understood what they needed to do, I think it would be way more effective if we got guys running fast to where they're supposed to go. And then when something breaks down, they can make up for it because they're already where they're supposed to be. And I think that's going to be for us for having the off season. And, and coach, I totally agree with you. And to have you guys, I mean, you, there's so many coaches that will come on our show here that, that this is their really honest to God first full season that you guys are going to get to have. Because yes, I get that you guys did have a season. Yes, I understand that it was a little different. But you saw the proof in the pudding, or, or or the lack of that on the field when these kids came to you guys. And as maybe as early, again, you're in Charleston County, so every county just in the truck county started at a different time or never stopped. Mm-hmm. Either way, you guys did stop and had to restart. Now, when you got these young kids, some of them went to camp, some of them did not. But, boy, they told on themselves pretty quickly on day one. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm not the only thing I'm going to say about this is that Charleston County is the safest district in the state. And I think we probably <laughs> had the least – hopefully we had the least number – of cases this year because they we took caution to the the utmost and I did the same thing man we had one guy that tested and once we started last year and we took immediately we took everybody 10 days off when we didn't really have to and we got a chance to kind of go through the whole season without any other instance uh just I think because of that because they saw how serious it would be if we lost one person or somebody came in or didn't do the right thing, and we ended up, you know, out for ten days, gonna miss a game and or two games essentially. So it, it it it's it's such a difference in what county to county is doing that it it really did show that we hadn't been doing as much as other counties, 
And I think that, you know, at some point in time, we got to make sure that we are looking out for the full safety of the kids because we're playing a sport that's not completely safe. Like, I don't think it's safe in a whole lot of areas, but it's awesome and we love it. And we know that there are certain ways that we got to play it. So with us at St. John's, I just hope that we get a chance to practice as much as we possibly can within the parameters that they, that everybody else is practicing in. So we have a, a fair a fair uh, advantage when we step on the football field, whether it be regular season or postseason at some point in time. Now, Coach, I'm going to ask you, and this is the cool part about this show, is that we get so many of you great guys and your colleagues around the state of South Carolina, your coaches join us, and, and you guys all kind of make it easy for me to ask these questions because you just touched on something. And, and of course, like you said, they did the best that they could with what they were working with. They were very safe. Even in basketball mm-hmm. season, you know, Charleston County's playing with their mask on. I'm not a fan of it, guys. I think it's a dangerous thing, especially for some of these kids who may have a breathing. Uh, you know, it may in, – it, it may in, uh, what's the right word here? It, I just don't think it's a very safe bet to run up and down a basketball court with a mask on. I think it's, it's hard for anybody, yeah. whether you can breathe good or not. Yeah. But I understand why they did it. I understand why they're doing it. Now, that being said, would you rather the commissioner, instead of what he's done – and, again, I don't, I don't knock it because it's working – to some degree, but like, for example, Dorchester County, too. They did not play basketball or any winter sports for about a month and a half and then were forced to get right back into the wheelhouse, play a speed-dating schedule of their region, which, again, some of Charleston schools were in that. That being said, it affected quickly on the playoff tournament because they were bounced out in round one. You saw a lot of that same conversation even in football. Do you feel like maybe the commissioner – or would you like to see the commissioner say, hey, look, this is what we're going to do as a whole because it affects us all as a whole instead of it being a, a district by district? Well, I think just like you said, they're operating and doing things under the guide of everything that they know at the time. And I'd like to see him make the most viable decision for everybody involved. And like I said, the safety of my kids is what I really do want to, you know, stress that if we don't practice as much as everybody else does and we got to play a sport where you got to collide with people, then it's going to be a little bit different from my guys and their guys because they're used to it. They've been, they've been steeled to it. They've, they've had training in it. And, you know, I, I just think that when he makes his decision, he's doing it under every guide that he possibly can. And I, I, I hope that, you know, everybody else is making decisions after him do the same thing and, you know, take that into account as well. We're hanging out here, and I, and you said a lot there in a little bit of time there, Coach, and I agree, and I'm on the same page. You know, they're trying to track a hurricane down, basically, is what this thing is. They don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's tough. It may be heavy on the Grand Strand and, and down here in the low country, but not quite as big in the Midlands or may not be as big in certain areas. So, you know, you're working with what you got to work with. So, with that being said, Coach, uh, give us kind of an idea of uh, what do we look forward to coming up in 21 when it comes to you guys over there on the island with you guys at St. John's this year. We're going to look to a whole bunch of uh, young men graduating from high school <laughs> and going <laughs> on to college. Like, I, I can't go past this part and not mention uh, Bernard Brown. And letters of interest and the crazy things that you get uh, during the during the year and you see people doing that in, in, in LIs and all that stuff. Uh, this kid got a, a letter of interest from Yale University, and it, it's been about five days since he got it, and he's still smiling. And it's just so <laughs> awesome to see 
that he's got an opportunity like that. And I want to see that happen a whole bunch more, having kids get opportunities to go and do things they had no idea that they could do. But you're going to see a team at St. John's going to come out and play fast. They're going to play physical. They're going to be fundamentally sound. Like those three Fs everybody always talks about being, you know, that fundamental team that can get after you. Then we can come back behind it and know that we already got the athleticism. We got the community support. We got people that's going to back us up and come and support us wherever we go when we travel. So just just a, a big big ball of awesomeness <laughs> coming out this season once we get a chance to get out and get this uh, this summer off season done and some seven-on-sevens and some good practice in the fall. Hopefully we can get some good scrimmages down here in the low country with some of these guys that we, you know, you've been talking to and uh, really create a family mentality with my team. Like that that's the biggest thing with us. We're looking for guys to trust each other, guys go out and play hard for the people that really do have their back and then represent each other the best way possible on and off the field. Well, Coach, I cannot wait. We're catching up soon off the air. We'll have, grab something to eat and we'll talk some football. Absolutely. We'll talk some life. I just I love your 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 vision, Coach. I love your passion and just you know, you're you're a players coach. I tell that by watching your players, just having conversations with you off the air. And now you're an official member of Southern Sports Central. So the next time, as I heard, you heard probably your coach we just had before you, is that we expect the next time you bring some of your Islanders with you, be it whoever oh, you want to bring they on. They would love it. They would love it. <laughs> well, and and what we want to do, coach, is we want to not only prepare them to speak on the radio when they go to college or when they go to the NFL, but they will get a job interview. So for me. This gives them a chance to speak publicly, but also gives them a chance to introduce who they are off the football field. Because we don't just love our dudes on Fridays. We appreciate them Sunday all the way through that Monday. So, again, we appreciate yes, you sir. allowing us that to be a part of your family. awesome, man. And one of the things I didn't miss, I know we're about to finish, man, but the success experience for our players, man. We took two kids to a um, brunch. Myself and my defensive coordinator, Hank Campbell, we took them to a brunch for uh, a success. Like, they sat around with a bunch of guys who already experienced it in different fields of life, like financial advisors and real estate agents and a guy that, oh, wow. uh, a couple guys that graduated from Ivy League schools. And that was the big thing about the kid getting a letter from Yale. We just went and sat with a guy from Yale, and now he's getting a letter from Yale. And those two kids that went with us, they got a chance to, to sit in a room with millionaires. And really, from the, for the rest of their life, they got a, a success story. That says I've mm-hmm. been around that and I know it exists, so I know it's possible for me. And that's the big thing with us, Rich man. I I, I want these kids to leave this island and have a story to tell when, wherever they go, and when they come back, they can relay that same thing to us and talk about how they took the principles off this island to go get where they were trying to go, man. And that's why I love each and every one of these guys that come out and work hard on off season on Valentine's Day. Some of the kids had to work, man. It was supposed to be at church on Sunday. They told their grandma they had to go train with me. So, you know, it was a big thing. And it just it's so much energy here. It's going to be mm-hmm. good. Like, if we, don't, if we don't win a game, we're going to have some fun getting up to the game. I promise you that. <laughs> hey, Coach, I love it. You say a story. I call it a testimony. But either way, we're on the same page reading the same book. And, of course, it's all about the Islanders over there on John's Island. Coach, uh, thank you again so much for all that you're doing on and off the field. Thank you for the, the molding of these young athletes that come across your path. I know God's got a big plan for you, and I can't wait to continue to watch this chapter and the next chapter and the chapter after that. But, again, we'll get you back, and I'm going to inbox you and get this kid from Yale this kid that's got this information from Yale because I want to get him on the show with us next week. I think oh, that would yeah. be a big thing oh, yeah. as well. So. We appreciate you, Coach, and tell your 
your family. We said thank you for spending, letting you spend time with us and for all of you guys over there on the island. Tell them we can't wait to get the bus over there with us on it next time. All right. I appreciate you, Rich. Thank you, guys, at Southern Sports Central, man. I appreciate you having me on, period. Thank you. You got it, Coach. We'll talk soon. God bless you and all your family. Thanks again. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, guys, the bus is en route to my hometown up there in, uh, well, it's going to Sackasee, which is where I went to high school. I grew up in Surfside, and I can't wait to catch up with Coach Ben Hampton. Coach Hamp is next, guys. Don't go anywhere. Southern Sports Central. Quick break, and the Braves are marching in on the show. Today, more than ever, we think about the air our family breathes. You and your family need to count on your home's air to be clean, free from harmful bacteria, and safe from the coronavirus. Nano air filters are the defense system your home HVAC system needs. Our filter media is created with a super fine spider-like material which captures particles as small as the virus. Standard home filters are just far too porous to do the job. So make the healthy choice and upgrade your air filters today by visiting nanoairsolutions.com. And now, back to Southern Sports Central with Richie Altman and Eugene Benton taking your calls at 323-784-9681. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Richie Alvin, alongside Eugene Fitt. Bus is rolling up there on the Grand Strand. We're not on Ocean Boulevard. We're on the campus of Sacoby High School with their head football coach, Ben Hampton. Coach Hamp, what's happening, buddy? What's going on, Richie? Bringing you in on style here tonight, Coach. That's what it's all about, some style points for you. That's right, that's right. <laughs> hey, great season, man. I mean, a normal season. You guys are in the playoffs. You won some big games. You did some big things, and it all started with the conversation. You got to trust me. Boy, did they ever trust you, Coach. Great job. Well done. And I'm, as an alumni, man, I'm proud of you, man. I can't wait to see Chapter 2 or, or Round 2, however you want to read the book. I appreciate it, Richie. We're, we're getting after it. You know, we, 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 got, the, we got the nod to start, uh, you know, fall, fall, uh, fall workouts, fall sports workouts. So, uh, we're back in there getting after it. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully sometime by the end of March, maybe we get back to spring break. We'll be back face-to-face five days with our kids uh, in Horry County. So, uh, we're looking forward to that. You know, um, guys played well for us this fall. Uh, you know, we've got 17 seniors, you know, that uh, they were going on their third coach uh, in their high school career, their third head football coach. So, for those guys to buy in, trust the process, um, you know, trust what I was selling them and, and buy into it. It was huge for us, and we're going to miss those guys. But uh, really excited about our young guys coming back. Um, you know, I think there, there's a lot of buzz and a lot of momentum we were able to capture there, uh, especially at the end of the season, ending on two straight wins, uh, going four and two. And, uh, you know, we're just trying to capitalize on that momentum and, and, and keep, it, keep it rolling as consistently as possible. And, uh, you know, um, hey, you know, if you, were to, if you were to ask me, uh, going into it, if I thought we'd be four and two, and and you know uh, finish third in the region, I don't know that I would have told you that, that I agree with that statement. But uh, like I said, our kids bought in. It's all it's all a tribute to the coaches, my assistant coaches, and my and my players. Man, they they bought into what we were doing, and uh, 
you know, we, we tried to put a good product on the field and, and not having a spring and summer hurt. You know, everybody was in that boat, but uh, there were there were a handful of us that were new coaches just meeting our guys in July. And, uh, you know, luckily we were able to implement enough to get us by and, uh, and our kids played hard and, uh, you know, we were successful. Very successful, four and two, and you beat St. James. That's a big check on the box there. You beat Conway. I don't care what you do, Coach. You got to be that's, that's like the Clemson Tigers and the Gamecocks. Depends on who you root for, but Conway's always if it's on the schedule, it's got to be a W from all of us in the alumni world. Of course, Myrtle Beach wasn't on the schedule because it wasn't a region game, and you know uh, that just didn't happen this year. But they're another one of those teams. But Coach, uh, again, you you did it like a handful of about 19 to 21 coaches down here in Charleston that had the opportunity to be named as the new head coach of a program. But then, like we mentioned, even with uh, the coach that just uh, joined us was uh, Mike Howard down there, of course, at uh, at St. John's. He got the job, like he mentioned, uh, back in, 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 what, March of 31st, and then was told, congratulations, but you can't do anything with the kids until further notice. Well, guess what? You basically were told the same thing by the athletic director back then. Coach Renfro, he said, yeah, you're my guy, but until I tell you, you got to hang tight and, and read about these kids on the Internet. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, you know, and you, you can't help but get that feeling like, you know, you're not doing anything. You're stagnant, and, and the kids are chomping at the bit. And, you know, I, I think, I think you know, with, with all the negative that has come along with COVID, one of the positives we brought out of it was not only did, did we as adults and coaches – but even our kids and our athletes, I think there was a greater appreciation uh, brought to, you know, everything. But but in particular mm-hmm. football, since we're talking about it, there's a greater appreciation for, for how precious it is and, and how quickly it can be taken away. And, and I think our kids really saw that, and it was a reality check. And so when we got them out in July, when we finally got them where they said, hey, you can go, um, you know, uh, get your kids together, make sure we social distance, you know, they were gung-ho, and we kind of rode that high all the way through the season. Um, you know, for us, uh, there was a there was a question mark there. You know, we played Carolina Forest week four, and then we had to quarantine for two weeks, and that very easily could have been the end of our season. Um, luckily, uh, we were able to quarantine, got everything uh, COVID-related, you know, uh, out of there, and, and we were able to pick up two games, one with Georgetown and one with Loris in a week eight game. And uh, we were able to rattle off two rounds there, so uh, you know that was a, that was a big piece for us. I felt like if we'd have, if we'd have had to cut our season short at two and two, coming off that tough loss to Carolina Forest, you know, in, in a in a region matchup that was uh, you know a deciding factor on who who was that second spot in the playoffs, um, you know, that would have been a little tough to swallow. Uh, you know, that being said, we're in the weight room right now. We're getting after it. Our kids are hungry. And, you know, we went four and two, but the two games that we really needed to win are the ones we didn't. And, uh, you know, physicality, toughness, uh, strength was the word of the deciding factors. Yeah, we're, you know, you got to go out there and run the plays and you got to coach them up and you got to execute. But we were just out physical in those games and that being something that came for us. So that, that, that's the rabbit we're chasing right now. Let's get in the weight room. Let's get where we need to be physically. Um, bigger, faster, stronger, and, let, and let's compete on a consistent basis with those guys. Yeah, it was tough going to St. James and picking up that win in the Battle of 707. It was a tough, tough fault win to go to the backyard in Conway and, and walk away 19-6. to six. Um, But, uh, you know, we, our, our goal is going to be we want to win the region, right? We want to compete for a region right. title. We want to we stamp our name there. So uh, that's kind of what we're working towards right now, Richie. And you're working in style as, of course, first year head coach over at Sockacy High School. Coach Ben Hampton in here with us tonight. Four and two, as you mentioned there, he beat 
uh, two rivals, one of them St. James, the other one Conway, took a tough one against Sumter, took a tough one against, of course, uh, Carolina Force, but everybody else on the schedule, they were able to pick up some Ws. Now, Coach, uh, before we learn a little bit more about you, and, of course, we know about you, but there's new listeners here tonight, uh, we'll get to hear a little bit about what landed you at Sacristy. Uh You talk about the appreciation. Now, you guys are getting the green light. Good Lord Willen and Horry County allows. Again, that's that's district, right? Uh, whether you guys can or can't do certain things going forward into the spring season, the appreciation of understanding that, that this season is not a guarantee and that every moment is that moment you need to live in. How much has that helped you in the way from these kids know, look, we, we better grind it right now because we don't know tomorrow they may put a padlock on this door and we can't get in the field house and work out. Yeah, I mean, it, it's huge. And, of course, we faced that adversity back in the summer. You know, I, I believe I talked to you uh, sometime around the week of the 4th, um, which would have mm-hmm. which would have normally been a dead period, but the high school league uh, saw it fit to, to let us continue to work out, seeing as how um, we had been dead all of June. And, uh, you know, my, we, we got in there one day that, that second week, and then we were forced to – forced to shut it down again until, you know, for a couple of weeks. And so our kids have seen it. Uh, they've been through it. And they know the reality that, you know, in, in, in a, you know, in a split second, the, the call can come that can change everything for, you know, the next couple months. So, you know, they're getting after it. They're very appreciative of that opportunity. And, uh, and, and you know, we, we look forward to, uh, to hopefully, you know, completing uh, our workouts here, getting a spring ball in and, uh, and going into the summer with a head of steam. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can get our program, our offense, defense, special teams implemented a little bit further. I mean, I, I, you know, our kids did a great job, but I felt like we were really, very bland, very vanilla in what we could do. Um, and we threw a lot at them. So, uh, you know, and I, and I think any coach in the, in, in the state would tell you, you know, how proud they are of their kids. No matter what the record was this past fall, how proud they are of the resiliency of their kids. And I think right. that's one thing that uh, we, is often overlooked is how resilient these teenagers are and, and how bad or you know, the passion for the game and, and what they're willing to do to be able to succeed. So, you know, it's huge for us. Yeah, very, very good deal and, and, and great points there, Coach, because, again, start and stop and kind of was a theme in 2020 for multiple teams around the great state of South Carolina. Now, you mentioned Horry County. You guys aren't in school full-time. Is it, is it kind of uh, A-B schedules or – uh, how was that working out, and, and how does that affect you guys when it comes to getting together with the team? Well, you know, we're 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 hybrid schedule right now. We're A day B day, so our A days are Monday, Tuesday. Our B days are Wednesday, Thursday. So, you know, right now we're getting half of them uh, first of the week, half of them second of the week, and then Fridays are are distance days for us, and 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 you know, uh, office hours for teachers. But uh, w- with the you know with the ability to to start uh, fall workouts, fall sports workouts. That's enabled us to get our guys in there four days a week. Uh, Horry County still said, you know, nothing on Fridays. That's a distance day. Kids don't need to be traveling to the school, um, you know, unless they're in season. So uh, we, we don't have them on Fridays, but we do have them four days a week, which is huge for us. And, and we're in a process right now of installing some PPE and some plexiglass and stuff through all our schools with the push to get Horry County back in school five days a week face-to-face. Now, of course, it's tough up there on the Grand Strand. That is a destination bigger than Charleston, bigger than Greenville. It is the one-stop shop for everybody, it seems like, in the state of Ohio. They all love Myrtle Beach and, of course, West Virginia, and everybody else is coming to you guys. My parents right down the road from you up in Surfside. So, 
you know, I, I get the, the seriousness of different areas, right? It's a different scenario for you. But you've, you're familiar with Myrtle Beach, Coach. I mean, you know, you played some ball over Coastal Carolina over there with, the, with Coach David Bennett and, of course, Perry Parks, which, by the way, I know you were excited to see his news with heading to college. That's got to be a big deal for you. Now you've got an inside track, if you didn't before, to UNC Charlotte. But talk to us a little bit about your path that landed you to Sacristy and some of the great ones that came across your path on route to Sacristy. Well, you know, I mean, I have an opportunity to come down the Coastal and start a program under Coach Bennett and, you know, with teammates like Perry Parks, like you said, who just went from the high school ranks to the college ranks, D1 uh, coaching football, uh, the Mike Tolberts, you know, who's had successful NFL careers, Tyler Thigpen, Jerome Simpson. I mean, just to be in the presence of those guys is an honor, but to be able to share the field with them and, and you know, and then you go on, you got Andres Perkins, Rasheed Galls, uh, Adrian Grady, you got all these guys that – I'm coming back to South Carolina, and I'm getting a coach against and, and and share football knowledge with and talk through things. And, and I mean, it, it's just a blessing. And, and, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, I know that uh, other sports, you you got great communities too, but football, football coaches, it's a brotherhood like nobody can understand. And, uh, you know, it's bonds that will carry you a lifetime. And, and, and like Coach Howard was talking about just a little bit earlier, having his success brunch and, and bringing guys back, alumni back that are millionaires and, and went to Yale and did all these things, it's a brotherhood that will continue on, and it just gets passed down the line year after year after year. And, uh, you know, it's just a special thing to be a part of. In my time at Coastal, uh, you know, I was blessed with uh, a lot of great teammates and a lot of great men. And, uh, you know, Perry Parks being one of them, one of the, one of the best dudes I know, and, uh, you know, Coach Bennett, having played for him, you know, I think he kind of laid the mold. He kind of laid the groundwork for all of us, uh, you know, that first group that came in in 02. And, and you see a lot of us. We're in the coaching profession now. That, that's what we do. Uh, we want to give back to, 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 to young men just like Coach Bennett gave to us. And you know what's funny is he was on the show and he's been on with us multiple times. I love having him on because he was also, by the way, for those who don't know, he was also an athletic director for a little period over at Sacristy as well. So uh, it's a small world after all uh, over at the Grand Strand on the beach over there at Sacristy. But man, we talk about dogs because remember the video. You guys all have heard it a thousand times. Got to be more like a dog. And, and, of course, when I mentioned that, he chuckles. And, of course, he thinks about you. He thinks about Perry Parks. He mentions basically the same dudes that you mentioned, Tyler Thigpen and guys like that that really were, were a huge impact on, on, on what he did and what he believed in. You know, when you look at those type of conversations in those locker rooms, Coach, and you're going back in here and you're trying to get these young men that you're molding to be men off the field, on the field, you know, how much do you reach down and you remember those those big conversations that you had with some of your coaches, even in your high school days? Oh, man, I mean, you know, every pregame speech, every po- every pre- and post- post-practice talk, you know, you pull something from – some words of wisdom that Dave Bennett left with us, you know, uh, even going back to the cats and dogs thing, you know, you can read into that what you want to, but what, 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 uh, what the guys that played for him read into it is you got to be hungry. You got to have that desire. You got to have that passion to go get what you want. You know, it's not going to be given to you. This world is unfair. Um, you know, there's a lot of battles that guys face on a daily basis. There's a lot of things that our players have to face on a daily basis that we didn't have to, you know, however long ago, 15, 20, 30 years ago, we didn't have to face some of those battles. And, and so the passion, the desire for the game of football and to be successful in life and be successful in the classroom, you know, that's what he talked about. That's what I, he always pulled on. He always pulled on faith and, and family, and football always came third. So, I mean, you know, 
it was a life lesson for him. Every time he got an opportunity, he tried to drop a life lesson on us, and 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 that's what I try to do with our guys. I try to make them understand. Yes, we we, we love football. We have a passion for football. We want to be successful in football. But greater than that, the bigger picture, we want to be successful in life. Because at the end of the day, no matter who you are, whether you make it to the NFL or you don't, at some point in time, football's going to come to an end. What do we have to fall back on? And that's what Coach Bennett, I think, did a great job of putting into into perspective for his players. Hanging out right now on the campus of my alumni, Sockasee High School, with their head football coach, Ben Hampton. Played his days for that, Coach Bennett, over at Coastal Carolina. And today, he is on Southern Sports Central with us, talking about some big things. Now, Coach, we released a stat, thanks to our statistician guys here at Southern Sports Central, and Sockasee in the top 25. Look at that. We're not talking football. We're talking grades and the SATs. Man, there's a lot of high schools around the great state of South Carolina, and I'm talking some who specialize in that, you know, uh, school of arts, if you will. Now, for Sockasee to be a top 25, you guys have an incredible amount of very intelligent yet crafty football players. Uh, when, you, when you see that stat right there, because the grades are what gets you in the college, right, that's going to get you to the next level. How exciting is it for a football coach to know that you've got a, a top 25 SAT uh, school in, in this number? Well, I mean, once again, just another piece of the puzzle, another component, crucial component to success. And that speaks volumes about the Sox State community as a whole, about the teachers in the building, about the parents at home reinforcing what they should be reinforcing. And we still have work cut out for us. I mean, we still got guys that, that, that need that extra work and need that extra time, and we're there for them. And, uh, you know, we're trying to implement some processes now to even offer some more academic, uh, you know, uh, assistance to the guys that need it. But, uh, you know, that, that stat's wonderful. Uh, it speaks a lot about it. And, uh, you know, we, we just hope that we can continue that on. We want to continue to try to raise our team GPA. We want to continue to raise those test scores. And, uh, you know, let these guys understand that they, they control their own destiny to some extent. And you can be the greatest football player in the world, but if you can't couple academics and test scores with it, you know, mm. we got another we got another problem. So we're we're pushing that. Uh, you know, trying to get some tutoring for these guys for the ACT, the SAT, um, and, and just trying to hammer home academics because at the end of the day, you know, it, it, it's it's a package deal, right? It's a package right. deal. You can always have academics without athletics. You can't have athletics without academics. And so we that's our, that's one of our big pieces we talk to our guys about on a daily basis, right? One to get one, you got to have the other, and that's just the way it is. No doubt about it, getting both. And that is the head football coach and the man on a mission over at my high school, Sockasee. Coach Hampton here with us tonight once again. I tell you what, it's been a blessing. We want to thank uh, Perry Parks, who uh, we believe is listening in here. He's the one who connected you and me once we heard you were coming in from another state, right? I mean, what was it like for you, Coach? You've got that year under your belt. You coached in another state. Is the football is it any different? And, and I know football's football, but let's be honest, the atmospheres kind of create different things. Well, what was it like for you? What, what would be the difference between where you were and to where you are here uh, at Soccer Steve? Uh, you know, I, I think it depends on location and region in each state. Um, you know, I, I was, I was fortunate. I, I came from a small one, a high school in North Carolina and uh, you know, um, we were very spread out, right. You know, uh, our closest home game was an hour away. Uh, our closest conference conference opponent was an hour away, um, you know. So we're very spread out. You do, you don't form those rivalries. You don't form, you know, uh, 
you don't. It's just a different. It's just a different model. You get down to Horry County. We've got so many teams in the same region. So many teams within an hour of each other. You know the competitors there. The drives there. Everybody knows everybody. Um, and you know, and and, and kids, kids feel a little bit different about football down here. You know, it's, it's more of a sense of pride, and and it's it's more of a year long thing down here. And I knew coming into it that that's what it was going to be. Talking to Perry and some of the other guys, and that's what I wanted. You know, I, I wanted to come down here and try to build something, and. Uh, you know, I think Coach Ewing, uh, who was at Sox Steve before me, I think he laid a great foundation. And, uh, you know, I've got him on staff as my defense coordinator, one of the greatest football minds I've ever been around. And so uh, we're trying to build something, and we're trying to trying to put the pieces together. And, uh, you know, hopefully we, you know, we're, we're going to change the – you know, we're going to change the culture here, Sox Steve football, and, and become a uh, a perennial uh, competitor and and fight for playoffs every year and and try to make some noise. And and that's what it's about. You know, uh, we had no control over the schedule and having to change the seven games, but we're we're trying to form a schedule where our kids face teams in the non-region play that they'll face if we, you know going into the playoffs. So you know, tentatively right now we've got Aner, we've got Dillon, we've got Myrtle Beach. Um, you know, and then you add Sumter and Carolina Forest, all those teams undoubtedly will be ranked in probably the top ten in their classification. And, uh, you know, that's that's the schedule we're going to play because we need to see that. We need to be competitive with those guys. If we can be competitive with those guys year in and year out, we got a chance to make some noise every year. They made some noise this year at 4-2 and two, coming in here. First time coaching at SACA. See Coach Hampton already making a huge impression on uh, the Braves over there. You mentioned Coach Doug Elling. Uh, you know, I went back for one year, did the radio broadcast over here with uh, another gentleman in the booth there. Doug, of course, Coach Elling was the head football coach, very passionate. The guy that grew up here in Somerville where our studio is located. But I'm really excited as you two guys working together. It's like having, you know, uh, two amazing individuals all on one football field, not to mention your other coaches. I know some of those guys pretty well. To see those guys still being around the program and building it better, than it was yesterday and again that's kind of our theme here is just to be better than you were yesterday that being said coach uh let's talk a little bit about the season coming up do you like having week zero or do you like the fact of being especially up there on the grand strand where labor day is kind of that end of the summer marker on the calendar do you like it to start a little later and i'm sure you would have really liked to have a, a little bit larger playoffs because four and two normally would have gotten you in having that record third in that region yeah, and, you know, I think it's something that's been done for years, and I don't think we need to change the playoff thing. You know, I understand the, the, the adaptation this past fall for COVID, but I think moving forward, you know, we need to go back to our to our normal playoff field. Um, you know, there's a lot of teams and a lot of coaches and a lot of players and a lot of um, athletic training staff that put in a lot of hours working for that goal in particular. And to, to whittle it down to the top two from each region makes it tough, which it should be. But, uh, you know, I think we I think we need to stay true to what's worked for a long time. Um, you know, as far as scheduling, you know, coming from North Carolina, we always had 12 weeks to play 11 games. You've got an endowment game in North Carolina. Um, so we always played 11, and we had 12 weeks to do it in. So having that week zero is a nice thing. Uh, it just so happened, you know, the fact that North Carolina had to back their season up a week for the fall – um, our week zero game with West Brunswick is not going to work out. So we actually are going to be open week zero, um, and then we'll, we'll we'll fill our week four bye week that it should have been with uh, with Dylan. So uh, once again, uh, you know, trying to challenge ourselves, trying to do some big things and make a little noise, and uh, 
You know, but I think the week zero, I think a bye week, I think giving these guys a chance to recuperate, settle down, whatever time of the season it is, I think that's a big factor. Um, we all know the hours that are put in with football, and and, and you got to be able to recoup. You need some time with family. You need some time to relax, let your body, uh, you know, uh, refuel itself, and really just take some time and get a little mental break there. I totally agree with you, Coach. Again, I want to thank you for joining us here tonight. Kind of got you there towards the end of the afternoon as uh, we were trying to make sure we put – we want to have a coach in every area, the Grand Strand, the low country, the middle of the state, of course, the upstate, bringing you on tonight did that. Plus, I got a chance to brag about that SAT Top 25, putting our Braves where they need to be in our classes up there, our teachers. Again, I, I graduated from that place, so that's uh, – I love the teachers, the administration, of course, uh, the principal, Mr. Rich. Uh, everybody up there and having like I mentioned a lot of familiar faces still around that place that I call home means a lot coach uh, I'm heading home in a couple of weeks so when I do that I, I look forward to finally having a chance to sit down with you and grabbing something to eat down in Merle's Inlet hit me up man anytime it's always a pleasure and uh, you know got some big changes coming around soccer Steve, so keep your eyes open <laughs> you know I got it coach I'm always on the alert when you tweet so when you tweet it I get it immediately so coach again welcome back to southern sports central keep doing what you're doing and appreciate all that you're doing for my alumni up there at soccer seat coach appreciate it brother have a good one always a pleasure ladies and gentlemen the bus is up and running because we got somewhere else to go we're heading to marlboro county coach collins right out of the break coming into hour number three we want to thank the principal mr rich want to thank of course uh coach hamp that's all those guys over Sacastee that listen in tonight and are around that Sacastee community who uh, enjoyed the 30-minute segment. Guys, we'll be right back. It's Marble County right out of this, guys. Southern Sports Central, your source for all things sports, with your host, Richie Altman, Richie Altman. and Eugene Benton taking your call at 323-784-9681. Now, let's join Richie in the studio.
Welcome back, everybody. It's now time to land the bus in Bennettsville, South Carolina. Marble County High School's own head football coach, Bobby Collins. Coach Collins, welcome to Southern Sports Central, my friend. Hey, let me tell you something, man. You guys got that Rick Claire news coming on in the background. Y'all got me jacked up. I'm bringing to play football game myself <laughs> now, man. Hey, with that new football stadium, we got big things for you, my friend, man. I tell you, it's good to have man. you on the show. A uh, lot of good stuff in Bennettsville. Man, we're excited. We're excited, man. You know, uh, my superintendent, I think, you know, I call him the GOAT, one of the best out there, man, at, you know, trying to be able to raise the ball for academics and raise the expectation and standards for the facilities that we want for athletics to be able to give our kids the best chance we can. So, you know, we uh, got a new track last year, got a new jumbotron last year, and this year coming up in 2021, we'll be playing football on Astro Turf. So, in my opinion, I think we had one of the best high school football stadiums in the state of South Carolina. Hey, one of the best high school coaches in the state of South Carolina hanging out with us right now, of course, that's Coach Bobby I'm Collins. I'm going to take it. I'm going <laughs> to take it. You earned I'm it. I'm going to take it. Well, I'm going to tell that's you something. It, I, it's it. – it, it's, it's, it's fun to have you on here. And I was telling Eugene this just yesterday. Of course, I grew up up there on the beach, and Marble County was in our region. I went to Sakaski. We had, of course, Dillon, Marble County, South Florence, West Florence, Wilson, and Darlington would come in and out. Conway was part of that conversation as well. And, of course, we were Sakaski. And to see the exciting things, because I've always said, if you give the facilities, because the facilities back in the 90s at Marble County were not very good. And I'm not talking bad. I'm just saying – that's why we appreciate what you guys have today because if you would have had the facilities back then that you guys are giving these young athletes today, man, the athletes I thought would have had a little bit better shot, but you guys are doing that now. And you're part of this transition from the track to the Jumbotron to that million, billion-dollar Ric Flair-style football field. It's just amazing, Coach. Well, we're excited. We're excited. You know, when you when you mentioned, uh, you know, what's crazy, we scrimmage soccer see this uh this year, you know, coach came from North Carolina. I did ten years in North Carolina myself, so we we had a ball when we went down there. But we uh we we definitely you definitely just want to give your athletes the best chance that you can give them. You get off the bus at a place like Wilson or South Florence or West Florence now, and you got the turf, you got the the jumbotron, and you know you blink your eyes and your kids are caught up in the atmosphere. And by the time you you wake up, it's the mid third quarter and they realize they can play with somebody, but, you know, it's too late because of the atmosphere itself. But when you're practicing in something like that every day and when you get off the bus, the playing field is neutral, you're giving your kids your best chance to be able to win a football game. Yeah, no doubt about that. I tell you what, the Bulldogs be making a lot of noise this year. You know, you you talk a lot about what's happened with this pandemic that we've gone through, Coach, but before we get there, let's get to know who is Coach Bobby Collins. You mentioned two years in North Carolina. Boy, I tell you what, is there a pipeline? Is there is there a, is there a plane that comes down here? Because it seems like I can name seven coaches right now, and one was the coach we just had on from Sacramento. You yourself, of course, the coach Dutch. And I can keep going because it seems like North Carolina just they they love to retire or, or whatever it is and end up down here in the Palmetto State, coach. So kind of walk us through your path from high school to to college to coaching to where we are here tonight as you coach over there at Marble County. Well, you know what? I'm from this state, so that's part of it. You know, I was born and raised in something, South Carolina. I played for the great Tom Lewis, and I and I call him the great because he still has one of the most highest winning percentages in the state of South Carolina. Um, I got uh, I got recruited by uh, Brad Scott at that time at the University of South Carolina and a few other places um, to be able to play college football. 
but I ended up playing for the great Willie Jeffries at uh, South Carolina State for my first uh, three years. In my last two years, I played for Coach uh, Buddy Pugh at South Carolina State, so I was a part of that transition, um, best years of my life. After I finished at South Carolina State, I went to Charlotte, North Carolina. I worked for Coach Rocky White at West Mecklenburg High School. I did four years at uh, West Mecklenburg High School. Then I worked for Coach Bruce Harden, who was the father of uh, Coach Blair Harden, the head coach at River Bluff High School right now. Um, I worked Mm -hmm. for Coach Bruce Harden uh, for two years at Providence Day School. And then I was the uh, first head football coach at Huff High School in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, Opened up that school and was there for four years. And then I took the job at Lancaster High School in South Carolina after Coach uh, Benny McMurray. Stayed at Lancaster for five years. And then I was uh, following another Hall of Fame coach with uh, Coach Dean Boyd at Marlboro County. Just finished my second COVID season, I'll call it, here at Marlboro County. Mm -hmm. And got to get the wheels on the bus turning in the right direction this year coming up. Man, you were starting off doing big things in the Berg, man. For you guys who don't know, that's Orangeburg. That's where you'll be watching some Saturday football in South Carolina State. There's some Bulldogs as well. They'll be barking down. What's some man, I tell you what, they have really – I mean, and it started – I'm going to be honest with you. I'm looking at your resume here, Coach, and you started back there, of course, with Coach Jeffries and ended up there with Coach Buddy Pugh. And I tell you, man, it's because of guys like you. It's the guys who put down the foundation, right? And now you start to see the, the, the trees and the things start to grow uh, around this campus in, in ways that we never thought. Maybe maybe we did, but here you see South Carolina State having these, these amazing football season. I'm just glad that they're playing this weekend uh, on a Saturday afternoon. And, of course, here we are in March. Yeah, you know, the best the best thing ever happened in my career was, was uh, playing for Coach Buddy Pugh. Um, our coaching styles are a lot alike. Um Coach Coach Pugh is an ultimate players coach, but it's, it's it's always his way, and for the most part, it's always the best way. It's his way. Um, but it, Coach Coach Pugh taught me more than anybody else how do you treat players? You know, how do you try to mold them into men? Um, so I was fortunate to be able to play for him my last year. I still call him a mentor. Probably talk to him once a month. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to be able to go down to Bulldog Country to be able to watch some college football. I'm enjoying it. I'm I went back to Charlotte last weekend to watch football. I was telling my wife I'm going to be someplace every Friday and Saturday because this, this opportunity I'm praying will never happen again for football to be going on when I'm not coaching. Well, Coach, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. We I may be there Saturday. We, we've got a bunch of uh, now dogs hanging out over there on that campus playing football. Shaq uh, Davis, big-time wide receiver, went to Somerville. He's, of course, doing some things. They've got a handful of other – individuals their offensive coordinator is a big fan of the show he's also from down here in charleston the somerville area so you know I, i'm hoping to make it over there to watch what could be uh some good bands playing in the stands i hope and some great football on the football field because that's two things that are pretty much a guarantee when you go watch football at state there on a saturday afternoon no matter the season uh whenever they play on the game there now you mentioned charlotte let's talk a little bit about your time in charlotte you mentioned providence day uh, we, we've got some connections there as well, uh, your other stop there in Charlotte. But Charlotte football, man, it's a different breed of football. I mean, it's good football, no doubt about that. Of course, we've got some other uh, connections around that Charlotte area as well. But w- when you think about it and you've learned so much, what's the difference in football just along that Charlotte? As you see, maybe even Olympic High School, that's another school. But compared to what we're used to down here in South Carolina. 
Well, I, I, I'll tell you this, okay? So you got you got 25 high schools in Charlotte alone, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so the you got 25 high schools is at least 2,000 kids at each one of them. Um, the high school coaches get paid, uh, I, I'll say pennies, nevertheless. So you learn the appreciation of the grind in Charlotte because the competition level is higher than any other place I've ever coached. Um, that's mm-hmm. the first time I met Tommy Knox in 2005. Um, so it's like the competition level is high. You have to grind. The players show up every day ready to work. So, um, you know, it, it gave me an opportunity to learn and appreciate football because, again, I'm a South Carolina guy, grew up in the state, played high school and college ball here. So when I went to Charlotte, my thought process was, hey, you know what? You know, it's no place like the Mecca. South Carolina is the Mecca of high school football in my mind. But then I looked up, and my, my second year at uh, coaching high school football, I was going against three guys that, you know, later on got drafted in the first and second round. <laughs> so Charlotte, the competition level and the level of players that are in that city is phenomenal. Best thing that ever happened in my career was uh, working down there and learning the right way to do things and the wrong way to do some. But, um, you know, just the grind itself, and the level of competition and, and putting in work. Now I'm going to tap on the glass, and Eugene, I'm going to bring you in because I know there's some uh, there's a stops that you had here in South Carolina. One of these gentlemen you just mentioned is a close person to Eugene. So Eugene, talk to him about his time coaching in, in the two schools in South Carolina before we actually pull back and get into the conversation of the Bulldogs in Marble County. Yeah, Coach you mentioned the name; it just grabbed my my uh, my heartstrings, and that's Coach Bruce Harden. Uh, my first year ever coaching high school football in South Carolina was about four years ago. Coach Harden had moved down here. His wife, Beth, had taken the job. She runs uh, the CYDC. That's the Charleston Youth Development Center, one of the, I guess you would call it uh, an orphanage uh, here in Charleston. He moved to Mount Pleasant. And Coach uh, Chad Greer had just taken the job at Oceanside. And he brought in Coach Harden. Coach Harden was looking for something to do to kind of get back in football and he said, you know, he, he came in to coach linebackers. And my experience of coaching high school football was zero. Uh, it had been almost 20 years since I was in the game. Uh, I coached and trained specialists, so I had that aspect of it, coaching kickers and things like that. And Coach Harden had actually coached kickers when he was with Army. And Correct. he couldn't he – was, he was waiting on a hip transplant. Um, and he was having a hard time. He couldn't climb onto the bus to go to games and he, he lived down the street from me and we would go sit by the fire in his backyard and uh have a cigar well miss beth wouldn't let him have a cigar but we'd have a little beverage <laughs> and sit by the fire <laughs> we'd sit by the fire and talk football and he told me one night he said look buddy I, you know i don't think i can climb up in that bus i'm waiting on the hip transplant and i said well you know what coach i'll drive so i filled up the dodge truck my my truck every friday with gas and he climbed in the front seat, and I put the seat back, and we rode to every game together, home or away. He rode with me, and, man, I learned so much about football, just the experience and the life. I mean, this is the guy that is the third most winningest coach in North Carolina history to this day. You know, and he coached at the Citadel. He coached at Lafayette. He coached at Army. All these stops and all these experiences, he just really impacted my life. And I'll never forget – uh, we had a kicker, and the young man passed away. He had a heart condition. He was 15 years old. And another young man came to me, and he was from the soccer team. And I was talking to Coach Harden about it. And Coach Harden said, bring him over to the house. 
So I brought him over to the house, and Coach Harden, at 70-plus years old, was laying in the middle of his living room floor with a bunch of bands, you know, the, the strength stretching bands, and was going through the kickers with, this is how I taught my guys at North Carolina, at uh, Army and up in North Carolina, how to get strength in your ankles and in your legs. And to this day, I will, uh, and a little bragging, I have one kid that's ranked number one in the nation. I have one that's ranked 20, he's been high, ranked as high as 26 in the nation. And they, to, to this day, every time they go out to the field to kick, they reach in their bag, pull out those stretching bands, and they get into the same type of stretching and warm-up that Coach Harden taught us back that day in his living room floor. Let me let me tell you now, it's 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 no Bobby Collins, okay, if I didn't work for Bruce Harden. So that is so I've 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 been in that backyard plenty of times. Um uh but the best thing ever happened for me in two thousand and seven I, w- I went over to Providence Day to become coach's uh, defensive coordinator, um, and he single-handedly picked up the sale. He picked up his office phone and called the principal, and that's how I got my first head coaching job. I talked to him a week ago. Um, you know, he's, he's right now reading the Bible, and every time he reads the chapter, he will rewrite it in what he thinks it means and sends it to me every day. So when I tell you that's, um, that's my guy, that's, that's my guy, I quote him every day. Um, best thing ever happened to me in my coaching career was working for him because he is, uh, uh, just like you said, all the stories you heard, I heard them three times. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the stretches, we doing with our guys. But uh, he, he's a phenomenal guy, phenomenal, phenomenal guy. Um, like I said, best thing ever happened to me in my coaching career was working for him. Well, you know, and, and truth be told, you know, he, I never forget the day that one of his former athletes became a head coach in the NFL with Arizona Cardinals. And he just texted me that day, exactly, one of your quarterback. And uh, he was so excited about that. And, you know, he would stop by the house and bring me books. I don't know if you ever got the books, but it was books on leadership from former coaches at Georgia Tech or here, there, and everywhere. And he always would text me and say, hey, did you finish the book yet? What's your favorite part? He would always kind of quiz you you to see if you're doing what you're doing. Did you read his Abe Abe Lincoln's book? He didn't give me that one. He didn't give me that one, but the last one was uh, uh, the one about the kids coming up that had the hard coach. It was uh, the the story of life. And, uh, you know, it's always these inspirational books with challenges and overcoming adversity, and that was a big thing because, you know, where he started coaching in North Carolina wasn't always known as, like, you know, the easy district or the easy school. But he had so much success because he just, you know, made it simple to those guys. And another thing that I learned from him was when he was a head coach, and you might recall, he said he always took spring evaluation and looked at his team. And the most challenging position group, whether he, you know, had like a bunch of young offensive linemen or a bunch of young receivers, whatever the most challenging position group that need the most work, that was his assignment as head coach. He took that on as a personal responsibility to coach what he felt was not maybe, you know, you would consider the weakest link on the team, and he owned it. He said, because as the head coach, you got to own the weakest link and make it better and show those guys, no matter what position group it was, that you can own it, you can be a leader, and you can develop those guys and let those other guys coach. Hey, Coach, that's, let me tell you, that's the only way I do it. That's the only way I do it. I talk to him every time I talk to him to this day. I still learn something new. Me and Coach Harden shared our office for two years straight. Um, 
that was about the size of a shoebox. I tell folks, I tell folks all the time, you know, when I worked for Coach, he never walked to his car by himself. And I tell young assistants that all the time, like, you know, if you, if you, if you humble enough to allow yourself to still be coached, Coach Harden is 78 years old and won over 300 wins as a head coach. But if I call Bruce Harden and say, hey, Coach, I need you to come down to Marlboro County in the morning. I want to show you this new drill I'm going to do for my quarterbacks. He said, Coach, I'll meet you there at 9 a.m. And when he says 9 a.m., he's going to really be there by 845. So the, the, the quality from taking me to my first national convention, from teaching me how to draw on the board, from showing me how to run a staff meeting, from showing me how to run quarterback meetings on the day of the game, all the details of being a quality assistant to becoming a head coach, I learned from him. I learned, you know, and I I can't speak about him enough. I can't speak about him enough. The best, like I said, the best thing happened in my coaching career. Um, anytime I'm in Charleston, I get down there to, to Mount Pleasant to see him and Ms. Bev, and um, I, I call him on a weekly basis. You know, you know, it was tough in COVID because I see him a little bit more often, but I, I didn't feel like going to see him um, in the last year with COVID. But like I said, you know, a guy that uh, taught me so much, I can't, you know, you know, a funny story, I know he probably told you, every place Tommy Knox took a head coaching job in Charlotte, Bruce Harden was at first. So when Coach Harden left Harden University, Coach Knox took the job. And when Harden went, because Coach Harden left Harding University to go to West Charlotte, and Tommy Knox took the job at Harden. When Coach Harden left West Charlotte, then Tommy Knox took the job at West Charlotte. So those guys had their battles for years and years, and I know Coach Knox speaks highly of them also, but he, he's definitely, you know, in the Hall of Fame in North Carolina as a football coach and as an athletic director, one, one of the best things that ever happened in my coaching career. Well, I'll tell you some of the coolest things with uh, sitting with him at the house. First of all, I actually helped uh, – he was at a coach's meeting, uh, I think at the national convention when they actually moved in, when the movers showed up from Charlotte. And so I helped Miss Beth and the movers move everything in. One of the coolest things was that rocking chair. And I know you know what I'm talking about because it's got the emblem on it. It was given to him from from the state of North Carolina. And then the other thing was that big donut ring that App State gave him. Uh, Most people don't know this, but when App State blocked that field goal to beat Michigan, he actually drew up that play for App State that they used it. I actually have it in my coaching notebook. And uh, App State gave him a national championship ring, and I swear that thing's as big as a donut. But uh, those are the two it. things that I just thought it. were so cool, moving him in, you know, and, and just getting to see him and getting to know him and getting to, uh, you know, see all these things that he acquired throughout his coaching career. And it, it, it was just – he's been such a great person to know and someone you can just text at any time and say, hey, coach, I got a guy, man, uh, you know, would you talk to him? Maybe you can make some calls for me something like that, you know, he's just, he's just such a great, great person, man. First class, first class. Live right now, hanging out on the campus, Marlboro County High School. The Bulldogs are barking here on Southern Sports Central with Coach Bobby Collins, head football coach, talking memory lane, guys. And, and again, this is why we love having these coaches on, because, yeah, they coach our kids. Yes, they do what they do on Friday nights, but you know what? They got feelings. They got history. They got a testimony that's landed them not only here on our show tonight, but it's the things, Coach, like you just mentioned, you and, of course, uh, Eugene, sharing a lot of common knowledge. The world may be so big, but in reality, 
pretty small place, huh? Very small, very small. Now, when you look at all the things, now we've talked about your, your past and, and what you've done and where you've gone from playing to coaching, and now here you find yourself in Marble County, which is probably not too far from where you grew up there, and you mentioned Sumter, South Carolina. You, you, you've seen Sumter back in your day. When you were in Sumter, you saw Marble County back in the day, so you knew what this town needed, what this school urged for, what they yearned for. So for you to come in here and, and now having this opportunity, Coach, what was some of your biggest hurdles that you had to get over when you took this job uh, a few years back? Well, you know what? Um, well, you, first of all, you, you're replacing a Hall of Fame football coach and Coach Dean Boyd, two-time state championship coach, um, uh, 20 years, probably 15 winning seasons. So just getting the town and the kids to, to realize that, you know, we are uh, we, we're, we're moving in a house that, that has a great foundation that has a lot of bricks on it, and that we're not we're not trying to tear down the house. We're just going to renovate it a little bit. You know, we want to be able to keep things going in the right direction, but we want to paint the walls on the inside, maybe change up some things here or there in the system and how we do things. But we want to, you know, it's the reason why I'm here is because of the tradition that Marlboro County High School possesses. You know, the great players that came out of here from the Robert Ayers to the Tommy Zimmermans to the to all the great guys that have came out of here in the past that, um you know, still have so much pride in this town and in high school football. If, you know, if you love what you do, if it's not a job and it's your passion, you want to be at a place like this to coach high school football. No doubt. And you're doing it in style. Coach Bobby Collins joining us all the way from, of course, Bennettsville, South Carolina, Marlboro County High School here on the show here tonight. Southern Sports Central wrapping it up here with a five-star coach doing five-star things around that side of the world. Now, Coach, there's a lot of talent around you. There's a lot of things happening. How are you able to keep these young men with COVID and all the things that you've had to do, what you've had to do, keep them around you enough to know that they're doing what they need to do to stay in shape so that when you get them back on campuses that they're not having to get in shape? Coach, talk to me about the Zooms or maybe just the conversations that you were doing on the accountability virtually because you didn't have the chance to see him physically. Yeah, you know, it's probably the most challenging thing that any coach had to experience and endure this year. Um, every high school coach in the country that, that participated in football this fall, you, you became a better coach. You, you dig deep. You found out some things about yourself that you didn't know that probably was there in the last 10, 15, 20 years. So, you know, I commend the, I commend the coaches, but I definitely commend the young men that you went, you know, they went out there and competed for every high school this year. You know, the adversity that they had to go through, the temptation and not, you know, to do things, that, you know, not the way they're supposed to do it, but them staying humble and doing what they're supposed to do and, and allowing themselves to be coached still to this day. You know, my hat goes off, you know, the Zoom meetings, the uh, taking temperatures, asking the, the daily COVID questions every day. You know, it's, it, it, it was a struggle. But, I, you know, I thank God to be able to finish the football season. We didn't finish it the way we wanted to, but we, uh, we're getting better. We're fortunate right now that we're entering the phase where we're going to get our kids back in school four days a week. Um, you know, so I have the majority of my returning players um, lifting weights and uh, working out and focusing on their academics right now in the spring by playing baseball, playing soccer, or running track and uh, lifting weights during the school day and, and focusing on our academics. So I'm, I'm loving the um, path that we're on right now moving forward. 
Moving forward here with the head football coach in Marble County is Coach Bobby Collins. Glad to have him on here tonight. Now, Coach, we're seeing things not only on the field but off the field that makes it a little tougher. May 31st, as of right now, seems to be the dead period that they're dealing with with the NCAA. We're still trying to figure that out. We've made calls. We've gotten contact but haven't gotten answers yet. But we just have to deal with what we have to deal with, right? You control the controllables. So I ask you this question, how hard has it been and, and how much success have you had of helping these young athletes who can't get on a campus? They're struggling with competing now against this thing that you and I didn't have to worry about, and that's the transfer portals. They have other things that are hindering them the opportunities. Coach, you know, give me some insight on how you're able to do such a successful job over there with your young athletes and getting them to the next level. It's, it's the toughest, the toughest thing that I've ever had to deal with this year. I mean, I've had some of the most talented seniors that I've ever coached come out this year that are, that are getting opportunities to uh, go play college football. But it's kind of like the, the young guys are in between a rock and a hard place because, you know, mentally and physically they might think that they can play at a higher level than they are. And most of them, you know, most of them should be there. But with the transfer portal, with the limitations on uh, scholarships, with guys playing college football right now, just the recruiting process, the academic things that you want to do to be successful, you just couldn't get it done this year. Um, so we are, till this day, still working on all of our 2021 seniors to get those guys in school, to get them to the opportunities that they uh, they deserve and they want. It's going to be a big year for guys to go to uh, prep schools. It's going to be a big year for guys to go to junior colleges because you, you want to still be able to play at a higher level, and but you can't get a spot that's not open. You know, if you, if, you know, I, I love playing college football. If you told me I could play six years with Buddy Pugh, three hots and a cot, playing college football, going to class, this is the best time of any college football player's life. They're not leaving. If you get an extra year to, you know, not pay bills and jump into the real world, you're going to do that. You're going to do that. So it's, it's, it's tough on the 2021 guys. You had to deal with a year of COVID, and now you're not getting what is being deserved to you by being able to go play at the next level. But me and my entire coaching staff, we work on it on a day-to-day basis by watching film and sending it out to him and calling college coaches, calling college coaches to be able to give our guys the opportunities they deserve. Hanging out with Coach Bobby Collins as the bus is pulled up over there in Bennettsville, South Carolina, Burbo County, the Bulldogs here on the show here tonight. Now, Coach, you mentioned prep schools. We actually had Myrtle Beach Preps head football coach on with us uh, a couple weeks ago, and this is something we're seeing more of, and, and I think it's kind of the trifecta, right? You've got the dead period. You've got the whole transfer portal. And then, of course, now that they're paying these athletes, bikes and things like that, has this now become the new way that these seniors will now go to a prep school do what they need to do, get the core classes, get the foundation of what the college atmosphere is like in a, in a pre-conversation there, and then jump into that transfer portal. Is, is this something that you're seeing along, of course, with JUCO uh, now also starting to feed off these young af- athletes as well because of the opportunity? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. That, that's, that's what it's going to turn into. They're going to have to have that opportunity to be able to go to a prep school, and it's a bunch of them out there. A lot of, you know, you got to be careful as a high school coach because you don't want to set your kids up for failure just for them to get an opportunity. So you got to do your research and making sure there's no, you know, no scams on uh, taking advantage of these high school players or their parents to be able to get rich. Um, so it's, it's, it's still a process. You're going through that process with your 2021 players, still trying to get your 2022 players recruited 
while still trying to win football games in August. You know, uh, but you know that's 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 why they charge you with the name of head coach. So it's uh you know the things that you're trying to do to make sure your guys are being successful and get them to the opportunity that they deserve. And by the way, he's a family man. You heard him mention his wife. I mean, he's got other things going on on top of all this other stuff, coach. You still got an obligation when you walk in that door to put all the stuff down and, and, and do the job there at home. So on behalf of all of us, uh, we appreciate it. We thank your family for giving us you, you know, tonight. Of course, any other night that you're doing some stuff in the world of sports. You know, Coach, uh, tell me the, why what is the biggest thing that you love about or, or that you like? Let's say like. I don't know love would be kind of strong, but that you like about some of, like, Myrtle Beach prep or you like about the, the prep school that's up there in Columbia. Well, what would you encourage a young man to go that route rather than try to walk on somewhere at, at a Power 5 or another college down the street? Well, you know, it's tough. It's, it's, it's tough. And, and, and like I said, you want a guy to get what they deserve. So, I, you know, yes, I would recommend my players to go to the prep school. I look at college recruiting. I tell my players and parents this all the time. I heard Coach Harden say it all the time. I look at college recruiting like dating a girl. You might see the pretty girl walk down the hall, and you might look at her, and she might look back at you, and she'll smile. Okay, she's smiling at you. She might not like you. She might not definitely may not love you. She just entertains you, okay, for all about three seconds. That's how college recruiting works. I tell my players, you've got to find some place that loves you. When they love you, they will start putting money beside your name. If they like you, they'll give you an opportunity to be a part of the team. So you and your family have to figure out which one do you want. Do you want to chase a girl that likes you, or do you want to find somebody that, that's going to love you and that you're going to want to marry? So for me, it's like, you know, you can take that route. You know, the the story of Hunter Renfro going to, going to Clemson University, walking on, getting a scholarship, playing in the NFL, that's a great story. And he's a great young man coming from a great family. But those stories don't happen that often. A kid has yeah. to have a high level of perseverance, character. It's a lot of things to be able to endure going to a program and walking on at a place at a high level, being that you're leaving a high school where you were were a superstar. I tell my players all the time, you can't play high school football for three years and was a starter and was playing, and then you blinked your eyes and you're going to sit the bench for three years. Mentally and physically, that's going to be tough on you. So I said, you know, go someplace and enjoy playing college football that loves you because the number one thing we want to do is get an education and come back and be a pillar in your community. Yeah, Coach, it's like putting a car in, in the garage for three or four years. You break it out. It just doesn't run uh, the same as it did when you first put it in there. And, again, you know, I, I'm a big Denzel Washington fan. It doesn't matter what Denzel plays in, whether it be my favorite movie of all times, Remember the Titans, or I've watched now. I'm in this fences uh, kick right now. I've watched it a couple times this week along, and there's the one part that he says, don't go around this world worrying about who likes you. You know, worry about people that respect you, people that are doing right by you, right? And I think those are the lessons yeah. that, that this young generation, they need to hear those type of things that, that we're able to pick up in certain movies like I did with that, that movie there because there's so many times these young kids, they love to get this, uh, you know, that, that, that little tweet coming out to you where you see your name on a piece of swag, if you will, or drip or whatever they call it these days. Swag's out of, out of date, by the way, Coach. I was told that last week. But, 
You know, when you look at it, you know, <laughs> you tell your age when you say certain things. They don't say psych or, or none of that stuff, Coach. So don't let me save you real quick with it. But when, when you look at it, it is. It's about make sure these teams and coaches and these schools are doing right by you. And by doing right, by putting money by your name. They can like you. There's a lot of people that like me, but I don't mean how far does like go, right? But when you love me, man, you're willing to go through hell and high water for me, right, Coach? Correct. That is correct. That is correct. So that that's the difference part about the process. And man, you know, you you look at these young men that then put out the blood, sweat, and tears for you, showing up for summer workouts, doing all the things that they're doing, and they and they, you know, they're not getting what they want in the end. That's the toughest thing to deal with as a coach. That's just like you know, I got three kids at home. What you don't want to do as a parent, man, you know, when your kids hurt, you hurt. When my players hurt, I hurt. You know what I mean? So. It's you, you want them to get their opportunity, um, and I tell them all the time. You know, college football was one of the toughest things I ever dealt with in my life. You know, you can't. It's not easy. You know what I mean? It's, it's it's not easy at all. So I try my best to help my players find the fit for them. You know what I mean? Like find the fit for them. I got a defensive tackle right now, Khalid Roberts. Khalid is six three, three hundred and thirty pounds. Um, and I think Khalid is a SEC defensive tackle. I, I, you know, I'm a big Alabama fan. Um, you know, I'm a big Jeremy Pruitt fan at Tennessee. You know, he, he's that kind of caliber player. But didn't you know? You know, the year just didn't finish the way that he wanted it to finish, or I. So you know, I, I'm, I'm pushing Khalid, hey, to go to prep school, to go to junior college, because I know whenever he finishes, he'll come out and play on a really, really, really high level. So I think each kid's path will be different. Everybody will have a different story. But more importantly, it's about, hey, finding a school that fits you and making sure you graduate from college. That's that's the biggest Amen. thing we want our guys to do. Amen. I tell people all the time, you go in Nick Saban, you like Nick Saban too. You know, he says, you know, you, you come to school to get an education. You might as well just play some football while you're here. I shared this quote with one of our guests earlier, one of our first – uh, coaches that joined us uh, at 630, Coach Thompson from Union High School. And it was a quote by Joe Madden, who's a, high, who's a baseball coach in the, of uh, course, major leagues. He says, if I'm honest with you, you might not like me for a day or two, but if I lie to you, you'll hate me forever. That's kind of one of your mottos without you telling me, Coach, right off the rip when you're talking about that young man, that 6'3", 330. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. You know, I am – you know that's 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 you know that's kind of my style. You know my mentors, the guys that the guys that I've worked for, the guys that I respect, the guys I read their books. Um, you know I I think the honesty. You know I think the honesty part and 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 being real to your players and and you know I, I love my guys. You know I, I tell them all the time I love them, but I I'm I'm gonna show them I'm gonna show them tough love because I you know I want them to understand the real world. They're living in a world to where, you know, getting 50 likes makes them sleep better at night. So I'm, I'm the guy that busts that bubble for them on a day-to-day basis. I, I'm, I'm their reality check, and, you know, I'm going to rub their back on the way off the field. But when, they, when they're not doing right in their class academically or they're or they not doing what they're not supposed to be doing at home, I'm going to tell them about themselves, and I'm going to tell them that it's not fair to the people that are around them that love them for them to continue to act that way. I just, you know, people told it to me. And I, and I respect them to the fullest for that now. I didn't then, but I respect them to the fullest for that now. And I remember those stories. I remember those sit-down conversations. And I know our players sometimes look at us when, 
when they feel like we're preaching to them. And uh, it just it makes me gives me some gratification that those conversations that I had with people when I was coming up, you know, I still remember now, and it had an effect on my life. So I continue to do it with my players because I know sometimes it may feel like we're not reaching them, but we are. They'll remember those stories. The greatest thing for me in my coaching career is getting the phone calls when they're getting married, when they're having babies, or when they're going through something tough in life. And they remember me telling them that the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands at in moments of comfort and convenience, but where does he stand at in times of challenge and controversy. When my guys called me and said, hey, coach, you know, I was going through something tough, and I just remember what you poured in me, and I appreciate it, and I'm out of it now. That's what makes my day. Those are the biggest wins for me because the men that pour into me that poured into me are still pouring into me. I still talk to Tom Lewis, Willie Jeffries, Buddy Pugh, Bruce Harden. Those guys are continued mentors in my life, and that's what I just want to be for young men. You know, that's why I coach. You know, it's it's not something, um, as Coach Harden always said, you know, you know, coaching is not something I love. It's something I can't live without. I love ice cream. Hell, I'm a big man, but I, I can live without it. I can't live without coaching football. It's, it's, it's in the right. in me. Ice cream is pretty good, Coach. I'm going I'm to agree with you. I love, it. I, I love it, man. I'm going to tell you now. I'm going to tell you. It, it'll be a struggle for me. It'll be a struggle oh, to live without it, but I oh. can't. I can't live without this game. I got you. I got you, Coach. So, you know, and I agree with you. Wins and losses come and go, and, and most coaches you talk to, even those who hit mile markers can always remember the losses. Don't always remember the wins, but the losses stick with them. But it's the relationships that last forever, Coach. And I tell you, I, I, I can tell you that you mentioned Coach, you, you mentioned Hunter Renfro. His dad actually was my high school baseball coach over at Tocostee, and, and he and me still talk today. I still, you know, refer to his wife as mom. She was the one who made sure we didn't have facial hair, that made sure our ears, you know, our sideburns were down to our earlobes and no lower. You know, it was one of the things that I still reach out today to have you know, conversations with a lot of coaches. I'm talking, I even talked to some of my little league coaches who are still around here on earth today, but I do appreciate what you do. You've got three amazing kids. You've got a, an amazing wife. And again, you mentioned any great coach, they got an even better wife sitting at home, putting up with them, whether they win or lose and making sure that they stay in check. Oh. So, you know, I appreciate everything that your wife's doing to make sure that you keep doing, doing what you're doing up there in Marble County. Hey, let me tell you something. Any football coach knows who the real head coach is. I can promise you that. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're just a coordinator. <laughs> you might even be a position coach. I don't even know if you're a coordinator in the house. It. Are you, coach? That's it, man. I'm just holding the whistle. She's blowing it. She's blowing it. I, I'm just I'm following behind, man. I'm following behind. <laughs> so you got three kids. Before I get you out of here, and because you mentioned you have three kids, tell me a little bit about those little ones around you. How old are they? Are they playing some sports? Are they football? Or what do you got? That's it. That's it. They playing all of them. You know, we took this year off from COVID. I'm I'm a happy camper, man. My oldest will be in the ninth grade next year. So my, uh, yeah. you know, I, I used to always cherish Coach Harden's stories when he coached Justin and Blair. Both of Coach, Coach Harden's sons are head football coaches. And so, you know, when he coached them, how he taught me, like, hey, Coach, you know, when he got in that car, he turned it off. He said, now, when they turned it back on, if they asked him a question, he would answer it. But he tried not to stay. Definitely couldn't do it in front of the wife. But uh, he said he definitely tried not to talk no football with them at home. So I got a 13-year-old, man. I got an 11-year-old and my, my baby girl. She's nine. She's got me completely wrapped around her finger. But, uh, 
just, you know, just the apples of my eye, man. That's the, you know, the greatest gift for me to be a dad. I, I, I can't, you know, my kids, you know, my family, that's, that's, that's my life. So I'm, um, I'm fortunate. I'm, I'm, a, I'm like a kid in the candy store being able to coach my, uh, my oldest coming up because, you know, he knows dad. He doesn't know Coach Collins. So he gets to meet <laughs> both guys now. And um, I think that's going to be fun. I think that's going to be fun because a lot of, a lot of lessons that I pour into him at home, I pour into my players every day. So I want him to be able to hear me say it to other people besides him for him to realize it's not just about you that I'm pouring into. I'm pouring this, I'm pouring the same message into a lot of young men. That's amazing, Coach. I love to hear the stories about your families. Of course, I know we're we're wrapping up with you. I do know, by the way, uh, Coach Harden Blair is going us uh, on Monday at 7. He's listening in here tonight. So, uh, Coach that's listening, Coach Harden, thanks for listening in. Can't wait to get you in here. And, and again, the fraternity that, that we have here and to be a part of, of bringing all of you amazing five-star coaches and, and knowing that you're born and raised in our state. You left the state. You came back to the state. You played college ball in our state. I mean – there's so many good things about you, Coach Collins. It just really it made my day when we were able to get you in here to talk about Marlboro County, to see what this place is continuing to get into, the chapter after chapter. But, again, you know, uh, for your wife to give you some time to be with me tonight, Eugene, of course, means the world to us, and your kids, of course, sacrifice a little bit more time for you to talk about something that I know you're excited about, and that's high school athletes across the state, of course, right there in Marlboro County, Coach. Man, let me tell you, man, it's no state like the state of South Carolina, man. You you, you talk about the guys that left, Coach Aaron Brand that's at Irmo right now, great friend of mine. My first year coaching Aaron Brand was the offensive coordinator, the head coach at uh, St. James down there in uh, Charleston. Now so many guys that I that I know personally that have uh, left North Carolina to come down here, and it's not so much of um, leaving, it's just the opportunities. The way the state of South Carolina appreciates football and appreciates high school football, um, it's, it's like no other. This is the only state that I tell people all the time that you will look up and, and a high school coach is on staff at Thurman, Walford, South Carolina, and Clemson. A good buddy of mine, Perry Park, I'm excited about him to get the opportunity to go to UNC Charlotte to be able to uh, coach other wide receivers up there. Just guys that, that know ball and uh, that love it and, and do it the right way, getting the opportunities that they deserve. That's what I appreciate about this state more than any place else. Um, you know, they, they allow you to, to be able to pull your passion into kids and, and do it the right way. Well, Coach, I tell you what, you're leading that by example, by doing it the right way. You've got an amazing story, and I'm just glad you were able to catch up with us here. Uh, real quick before we get you out of here, what does it look like in 2021 with the seniors that you got coming back and, and or the juniors that will be seniors next year and the Bulldogs? What, what's in the forecast and on the menu for 21? Man, we want to be a football team, first of all, that's going to win games. Um, we're going to stick to the fundamentals and, and do it the right way, first class with our academics, first class with our character on the field. But we're going to win, we're going to win football games. We're going to run the football successfully. We should be a 50-50 uh, football team. We'll be a 20-personnel team. with uh, I think we got a Division One tight end slash H-back coming back, so we're going to move him around the field a lot. We'll have a first-year start at the quarterback and the running back spot, but I think we got two talented kids that are doing a really good job in the weight room for us right now, playing baseball, running track. So I'm excited. I'm excited. You know, I um I thank God every day I pull up to work, man. A lot of people pull into work, and, you know, they, they hate the next eight hours, but I wish my eight hours could be 12. I, I love what I do. Um, I'm back in the weight room with my kids every day. So uh, 
it's excited. We, we, we're looking for a good year, man, and I'm looking for some normalcy. I'm glad we got spring ball coming back. I heard the head coach from soccer be talking about the playoffs. That's some of the, That's probably one of the biggest things that we're challenging right now. You know, you want to – if you coach Tom Mox, you, you want to keep it to the top two teams because he knows he's going to win the region every year. But, uh, you know, we, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is to get the, back, get the best uh, four teams and you read you back in the playoffs. A good friend of mine is the head coach at Cross High School down there in the Low Country, and when he won the state championship a few, yep, yep, when he won the state championship a few years ago, you know, he went in as the third seed in his conference. You know, and he won the state championship. So you, you just want to be able to give these guys an opportunity to be able to get to the show. Um, so I'm excited about this year coming up. Excited about the turf. You know, we got great leadership in our district, man. Our superintendent. My principal, I can't, I can't speak enough about those guys. I'm excited to be in Marlboro County. I'm excited to be a Bulldog. Well, Coach, you're definitely the big dog here on the show tonight. We gave you the Ric Flair introduction. That usually says a lot about having you in here tonight. And man, you got me uh, jacked up, man. All right, y'all got me jacked <laughs> up with that one, baby. That's, that's my deal. i tell you one thing, man. My seniors, when I introduce my seniors at the banquet, I introduce, yeah. introduce them one by one, and that's playing in the background, baby. No other way. That's I love a, it. I love it. I love it. Yes, sir. Well, you tell Miss Collins, Coach Collins, the real Coach Collins in the house, we said thank you for hanging out, uh, letting you hang out with us tonight. And for your kids, it means a lot. I've got four small ones, well, 20 all the way to 11. So I, I know what it's like to have uh, a handful there. And, of course, we, we do a lot off the field and, of course, around the field. But what you guys are doing in that house, I know, is – making some huge strides, Coach. God bless you, your family. Stay safe. And we and I will do this again real soon, so don't go too far. We'll be getting you back in here soon. Hey, it was a pleasure, guys. Thanks. I'd love to be back again. You got it, Coach. There you go, guys. The bus heading back to Charleston. As it's heading over here now, of course, all the way from Marlboro County, as we want to thank uh, the head football coach, Bobby Collins, who you heard a story, guys. I mean, it's quite the, the resume, quite the testimony and, again, uh, you know, from his days of playing high school ball in this great state to playing college ball over at South Carolina State, which, by the way, playing football Saturday. I'm planning on making a trip to see a lot of our dogs do some big things. They're playing against a team out of Alabama. That's going to be a lot of fun as well. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about it, but we got a quick break, a little commercial here from some friends of ours around the great state of South Carolina. Guys, don't go anywhere. Today, more than ever, we think about the air our family breathes. You and your family need to count on your home's air to be clean, free from harmful bacteria, and safe from the coronavirus. Nano air filters are the defense system your home HVAC system needs. Our filter media is created with a super fine spider-like material which captures particles as small as the virus. Standard home filters are just far too porous to do the job. So make the healthy choice and upgrade your air filters today by visiting nanoairsolutions.com. Now, back to Southern Sports Central. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And give us a call at 323-784-9681. Let's rejoin Richie and Eugene on Southern Sports Central. Man, oh, man, what a show it's been. Once again, we have definitely outkicked our coverage here because we've had not one, not two, but multiple head coaches from around the great state of South Carolina joining the pack tonight. Of course, we started at 630. We're hanging out up there in Union. 
Union is where we were, of course, hanging out with uh, head coach up there, Coach Thompson. Always a pleasure talking some football with him and his group up there. Good stuff. Then, of course, we uh, went over to St. John's. Coach Mike joined us. Boy, I tell you what, the stories that he shared with us. Of course, he's hanging out on uh, the island. He's on island time all the time, anchoring down with the Islanders at St. John's. They went up there. They're my alumni at Saka C. Coach Hamp joined us there. Ben Hampton played his days at Coastal for uh, David Bennett. Now he's coaching my breaks. I want to thank him for hanging out with us and allowing us to get some time from him. And then we just wrapped it up in Marlboro County, right outside Bennettsville. You see this great high school with a brand-new field. they got a new track at the Jumbotron. Expectations are getting high. But guess what? Coach Bobby Collins says, bring them on because we got more, we got more, we got more in the tank. Good show. Great job tonight, Eugene. I know Monday's already starting to line up a little bit, man. I tell you, great, great opportunity to get to know a lot of our ballers and a lot of our coaches here. Yeah, and like you said, you know, it's a – the, the momentum's rolling and it, and it, the expectations are high. And like you said, uh, already for Monday, looks like we have Coach Bruce, uh, excuse me, Blair Harden, the, the son of Bruce Harden, who's the head coach and athletic director over there at River Bluff High School. Um, they're heading to the state championship in uh, baseball and uh, basketball. They did really well, made it to the final four, I believe, in football. Uh, we'll have Coach Pate from Hillcrest High School at 730. And Coach Bacon uh, from Spring Valley at 8 with maybe a couple more joining in. So Monday already is locked and loaded, and it uh, looks like we may have a couple more joining in. Uh, it's, it, it's a fun venture around the state. You get to learn some stories and some people that, you know, you just don't know or, or you've never met before. And uh, right. the show provides a platform to just get those relationships, get to know those coaches, get to know their backgrounds, kind of what made them and what they pour into these athletes. And then, obviously, you get to learn about the athletes and the program and where they're going, their expectations, kind of how they run things. And, of course, you know, you get to learn about who runs them. And that's the, the lovely wives to support the programs and support <laughs> the coaches and keep this train running for them, uh, you know, so that they can do what they do uh, when it comes time to coaching these young athletes. But it's been a great show. It's a great time doing this, man. Looking forward to Monday as well. Uh, and, and we'll do it again next week. Uh, we'll get some big names in. we got some other things popping, and uh, we'll also be able to talk about the state championships, colluding in basketball. That's right. We're going to get Lou Bez. Jack, he works for the state paper. He's a big-time supporter and contributor to Southern Sports Central. You guys know the name well here in the South Carolina area. He'll be uh, checking in with us. i got to get a time uh, to get him in here on Monday so that he can recap uh, – what happened around the state, as Eugene mentioned, we're already crowning basketball champions, and we've already got two or three from just today alone, and it's going to continue to do this as tomorrow, and it will go forward after that. Still wrestling some of those individuals, getting that individual one-on-one matches now because the, the, the two, the sport part of the team is done. Now they're wrestling doing individuals in weight classes and things like that representing their school. So we'll have to be able to recap that. And then, once we get the high school basketball coaches in, the state championship coaches in, we turn the page. Yep, we go to the spring. We go to soccer. We go to softball. We go to baseball. We go to lacrosse and track and field. Yeah, we're not just a football nation. Yeah, we love our football. Yeah, there's no doubt. We're always going to have something to talk about in football, but we're not going to leave the other ones out in the cold. We're going to bring them in 
or out in the heat because by that time it'll be hot. But, uh, you know, we're talking uh, putting a lot of heat on the spring sports this year because they didn't get any last year, right? So we will definitely be highlighting a lot of our athletes around the great state of South Carolina right here and only right here on Southern Sports Central, of course. Don't forget, uh, there will be a show on Friday morning, Brandon Bisco Bing. Uh, hopefully he can get back up and running, do his thing on Friday mornings, and uh, kind of talk a little bit about what's going on. Uh, of course, uh, he's had a lot going on, lost his mom, so continue to pray for his healing and his family there. And, uh, you know, he's handled a, a few other things that he's going through. But, you know, we are family. We're all a family. You know, there's a lot of guys that do what we do. Uh, you know, I can tell you this. There's multiple radio shows across the state of South Carolina that do what we do, that, that, that try to promote young athletes. And, and again, we, we support those guys that are doing it the right way. And, you know, Bobby Harden's the guy down here in Charleston that does the, the bad boy, right? Uh, he's the guy out of the Florence Myrtle Beach area. He talks a lot of high school stuff. Of course, you got Phil Cornblue, you know, he's a legend. You know, you got Bobby and Phil, to me, are, are, are kind of the icons. And then you got beat writers. Man, you got beat writers like David Shelton that comes in here, Lou Bizjack that comes in here. I mean, there's just so many. There's some guys up in Greenville. That, that, that do an incredible job doing what they do to report us uh, to us and help us get to know some of the other stats and things like that. So for us, you know, we want to take a moment to thank all of you guys in the media, because again, you know, it, this has not just been, you know, a tough one on one or the other for anybody who's somebody who has something to do with the world of sports guys. Look, you know, we've gone through restrictions and protocols and, and for us to call games or to be around games, you know, we have to go through certain things just like everybody else. You know, I've had the blessing this year to work a lot with uh, Pearl TVSC and uh, Joe Grammer, who, uh, you know, I do a lot of stuff for him uh, on the Ford football and then Ford basketball. And then there's some other things in the works as long with, with some stuff with him going forward. I got the chance this year to call the parade. I never thought, Eugene, I never thought I'd do the play-by-play for the Somerville parade. But guess what? Because of COVID, I got a chance to do it. Though, You know, I got to bring on my – my uh my, my best uh, Macy's Day parade, if you will, inner self there, and it was uh it's not as easy as you think, man. They gave you the cards to read, but uh, again, you know it's uh, it's a little bit more probably entertaining when you got a group of people like they do on on the Macy's <laughs> parade. But for me, it was a one man show, bro, and it was an interesting one when you see people know that they're on TV and they'd come jump up in your face and you're thinking, you just don't get it. Yeah. You know, and also, too, we got to cover a bunch of camps over the summer that we hadn't done before. Some of these mega camps, we, you know, from Atlanta to Charlotte, you know, and in South Carolina. And, and we Columbia, had a, yeah. a bowl game. We had a bowl game that we were co-hosts with uh, and putting two that of them together. Did. But, you know, and, and exactly two of them. Uh, and actually, you know, something that came down um, last Wednesday night, one of the guys that we helped uh, put together a camp for with Coach Reed is now, guess what? He's a Division One coach he got hired on to the staff by Gus Malzahn and he's down at mm-hmm. Central Florida we talked to him congratulated him and you know he just reached out and said hey man I just appreciate everything you guys did for us as soon as I get settled in at Central Florida I'm gonna have you guys down to come check out what we're doing at Central Florida tour the facilities and get to know the program and maybe we can send some bowlers that way so again you know uh, another thing that was brought up during the night was uh, relationships and that was something that I brought up to uh to coach reed you know when we were talking back and forth about the job and he was like yeah man definitely you know relationships are the key love what you guys do and uh you know we're very proud of him getting that opportunity to go coach down at central florida yeah there's no doubt there as we're wrapping up here tonight don't forget follow us on facebook southern sports central hit us up on twitter so sports central 
And we're going to try to open up a, a show here soon that you guys can call in. And we're also going to create uh, a, maybe another Facebook page that it, it gives you guys an opportunity to post some good things, some good positive things. And, and it could be on an athlete. It could be on a team. But we're, we're going to create some things heading into the summer months. So on behalf of all of us here at Southern Sports Central, I'm Rich Yelvin. That is Eugene Benton, and we are Southern Sports Central. Guys, I want to thank you for listening here tonight. Don't forget, we'll be back live right here Monday night doing it all again for three solid hours, kicking off at 6 o'clock, guys. Until then, God bless, stay safe, and take Almost heaven, West Virginia, the Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. Life is old.